afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It's November the 18th. Holy shit, it's November the 18th, 2021. It's another technical alpha podcast. Man, I looked, I looked like I knew, I, I think the only marker in my mind for what time of year it was, was, was when I took my car in to get the winter tires put on. Because before that, you could have fooled me that it was still October. You could have actually just told me, hey, Adam, it's October the 28th. And I would said, yeah, yes, it's October the 28th. But indeed, we are many weeks in the future from there. We are November 18th. We are almost a month away from Christmas. That's scary. But you know what? Fuck it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. A couple weeks away from National Neil Diamond Day. My body is ready. Not really, but I'll keep telling myself that and start Christmas shopping as fast as humanly possible. We got a great uh, show lined up for you today. Hopefully uh, you enjoy yourselves while you're here. Uh, thank you for stopping by if you're here for the live show, if you're listening to us for the first time, one way or the other, regardless of where that is, thank you for giving us a shot. We talk about video games, TV, movies, dick-related analogies, you name it, we do it. And before we start, there's always the most important question of the week. Mr. Black, how was your week? Uh, jeez, this week was just another week. It actually just flew by. Um, didn't really do a whole lot. Same old same. Uh, it's starting no to get pianos, out. no pianos, no nothing. new beds, no nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Spent enough money. I'm done. I'm done. Um, yeah, didn't really, didn't really do much. Awesome. Well, you know, I, now that I think about it, Christmas coming, this we're, we're, you're not quite there yet with Kai where he'll remember these Christmases. So are you bracing for, like, what is the first, like, what do you think the first Christmas that you can remember so that you can gauge when Kai will actually remember what you're giving him for Christmas? Uh, the very first Christmas, the oldest Christmas that I remember was when I got my Super Nintendo. So mm. that was in 93 or 94. When, so when what did that made you, like, six? Out? Yeah, I was about five or six years old when I got that. As I remember, I got the Super Nintendo and a Super Scope 6. Um, you got the super scope. <laughs> yeah, I had the super scope six. Big ballin. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I thought it was up. Yeah, there. you got you got one room. up there somewhere. No, I know it's you not have up one there. Around. It's in another. It's in another room. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's the earliest I remember. So I was maybe I was maybe five, six, the latest. But I think I was probably around five. Mm. Was it launched in ninety one? Shit. Yeah, okay, origi- little- originally, but you were like. Like, I got my NES, like, obviously years after it originally fucking came out, too. Like, I got my NES around yeah. the time I think the SNES came out, so... Let me see when the Super Scope 6 came out. Super Scope 6 release date. Came out in 92, so... Somewhere in I, that ballpark. So I, I got it probably in 92, 93. That's when I got my stuff. So you got a couple of years left. You don't have to worry too much. You know, you still got to you still got to impress, but you haven't had to make like the memory memory yet. That you got to yeah, start, no. you know, banking I on mean, that. I mean, he's 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 at, he's at the age now where like, you know, he's he knows what's going on. He's he's yeah. smart. He knows exactly what's going on. I doubt he'll remember any of it, but he's still enjoying it in the moment. So you know, we're still going to do whatever. Bit. Yeah, That's the important bit. Uh, yeah, my week wasn't, uh, was, was pretty standard fare over here. We, uh, we, of course, the, the big, um, uh, the big surprise was what we'll talk about uh, as well. Obviously today it was these, these surprise quote, well, it was leaked, but became reality of the Halo Infinite multiplayer release on Monday. 
um, because that wasn't supposed to drop until the release of the rest of the game, December 8th, uh, I believe, later, so a couple more weeks. So they got it to a point where they were happy enough with it to do like an extended beta leading up to the release of the main game in December. And so that's what they did, and they kind of like... They, I think they tried to shadow drop the ship, but unfortunately that got leaked, and so we didn't quite have like our, uh, uh, you know, s- similar to when, um, um, fucking, uh, oh my god, my brain is fried right now. Similar to when, uh, not Titanfall, but, uh, the game that t- they built on top of Titanfall, the other Battle Royale. Hold, that's where my brain's at today. Apex, thank you. <laughs> My brain couldn't remember Apex. I need to go back to bed. Um, Apex. It wasn't quite the Apex situation where we got like a complete shadow drop, but uh, but uh, a happy surprise nonetheless. So I played lots of Halo this week uh, and um, have got Forza Horizon 5 ready for review. And that was mostly my week. So I've got lots of thoughts about Halo coming up later on in the show. But before we get to that, we got some other stuff to cover. So let's talk about some video game news. Sony has announced the top 10 most played games on the PS5 for its first year because believe it or not, it is officially the first full year of these new consoles. You wouldn't know it because only about five people own one right now, but it's been a uh, it's been a full first year. And the list is as follows. Big shocker in number one, Fortnite. Big shocker number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, and none of these are surprises. Then we get into the sports titles, FIFA 21, NBA 2K 21, uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla, Destiny 2, MLB The Show 21, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales edition, of course, Demon's Souls, which I'm actually a bit surprised because normally that's a pretty niche kind of thing or more niche than something like, uh, these other titles, and then NBA 20, or 2K22 sneaking in at the 10 spot. Um, uh, just, uh, towards the end of this year, obviously that's going to be pretty popular if we've managed to get that on the list and, uh, and it's not been out nearly as long. So there you go. There's your top 10 proving once again, that sports titles, they hit hard and there's a reason why they keep cranking those bad boys out on a yearly basis. They occupy, uh, almost half of the list <laughs> of, of the top 10 most played games. Uh, for Sony in uh, in this first year, uh, we don't know about uh, about Xboxes. I don't know if they'll even put out a list. We can get an okay idea based on the number of people playing various Game Pass games, because that t- seems to be a pretty big driver for uh, for various titles on the platform. But we don't have a, a definitive top ten uh, at this moment for Xbox. However, if I had to take a guess, probably not dramatically different from the list we just saw on the PS5. FIFA, NBA, probably up there. Might even get a Madden squeak its way into that list somewhere on the uh, on the Xbox side of things. Call of Duty probably also relatively high up on that list, etc., etc. Uh, as it turns out, that GTA Trilogy Remaster trailer, the one that we watched and everyone was freaking out about, and you and I thought, you know what, you know, I, it's not that bad looking. As it turns out, we saw the cream of the crop in that trailer, Mr. Black. We saw the cream. That was the peak. And man, was it ever a long way down. And it didn't take long for that to start the journey on the way down on the other side of that release. Um, I can't even list all the crazy shit that has gone horribly wrong with this trilogy of remaster. I'm sure you've seen lots of it in your timeline, given you're in the uh, the RP scene. Lots of people probably posting about it. But uh, holy crap. 
Uh, as it turns out, that was the cream of the crop. Harsh reality set in pretty quick upon the release of the internet being flooded with horrific examples of broken gameplay, nearly hilariously jank visuals, and more. Uh, the trilogy was in fact taken down for sale for some time, as it was discovered that the old hot coffee minigame, you remember that back in the day? Yes. So if you don't know, if you're not old enough to remember this, way back when San Andreas first popped off, somebody found out through some data mining, I know it's hard to believe that old timers like us could possibly data mine so long ago, but we did. And when they data mined that, they discovered that, uh, hey, there's a minigame in here that isn't technically in the full release, and as it turns out, it was a sex minigame! called hot coffee yes. on the back end of that and it was everywhere mess holy shit they had they had main public they had like mainstream talking about this shit because it was of course another avenue to come at video games is teaching the youths all the bad stuff in life like running over hookers and having sex with hookers you know all the terrible things that you can do in in real life doing them mm. in in, uh, in grand theft auto uh, and so what actually came of that event- uh, eventually was a lawsuit against the company that then saw them take the, uh, you know, have revisions out to take it out. And they say, I think they paid $20 million at the time for that lawsuit, uh, out. So you would think that doing a, uh, a remaster and re-release that they might also want to not have it in there. As it turns out, somebody overlooked that and forgot to take the files out. And so they're still there. Uh, and so they had to take them off of the storefronts to figure that out. The bigger problem is, of course, that there's a physical release on the Nintendo Switch, and the Switch stuff still has all this shit in it, and there's not a hell of a lot they can do about it. So that's a bit of a hurdle for them to try and get over. Uh, but I mean, the visuals, everyone's probably seen them now. I mean, they, they, in the trailer, they were not too bad. But oh my god, the rain effect is, like, abysmal. The, uh, the characters look like they got put through a fucking, like, uh, Ruffles Chips crinkler machine. <laughs> it's just, like, everything and anything you can imagine is just so broken. They, they, when they upscaled the graphics, they obviously sent it through, like, a really cheap AI, like, uh, upsampler. And so you ended up with, like, the donut shop that's supposed to have a nut next to it like a like a nut and bolt like a nut next to it doesn't look like a nut it's just a circle now so it's just a donut circle next to another circle that's gray uh it's oh the really funny part was some of the you know like the uh the uh the kind of campy names that they gave the shops that would just be like you know you could barely read them because the resolution was so low but like storefronts and shit they had names so the the ai obviously couldn't quite interpret all of them and so when they redid the letters like when the ai upscaled all of this they're like misspellings everywhere shit's just all fucky uh, all over the place and one of my favorite uh ones just to just to put a point on this that made me laugh was uh the, i think it was on the switch version but somebody just just to see just how broken everything was they had a sneaking suspicion so they went over to a uh, uh one of the vending machines in the game you know you know how you can buy soda in san andreas at the vending machine so they just bought like 50 cans of soda soda at this one vending machine and it hard locked and crashed the game and it was so broken that they couldn't load any of the files on that file, and they had to completely restart the console and start a new file because it was like some sort of weird memory buffer overload just because they bought 50 cans of soda at a vending machine. <laughs> so, not, not the most meticulously well-looked-after remaster in the history of remasters. Uh, and, uh, certainly not making it any better is the fact that they took, of course, all of the original... 
uh, series that digital versions anyway off of storefront so unless you have physical copies of the originals now the only version of these games digitally you can get your hands on legally is the ruffles crinkle cut french fry character simulator 2021 uh kind of sad to see honestly yeah uh that uh that uh, they got treated like that because they're kind of important games for rockstar uh so don't buy them if you even can i don't know if they got back on the storefronts yet or if they're still down because of the hot coffee thing i don't know uh but maybe don't buy them just stick to the old ones you're better off um you were going i think you said you might you might dip your toes in this but i suspect that's kind of put it in i'm not gonna do that now (laughs) oh if it's a hot mess i'm not gonna play it forget that it's a hot mess and unfortunately it's like a hot mess in in a way that's that's only like mildly entertaining it's not it's not the right kind of broken to be consistently entertaining it's just like it's just broken it's just annoying broken (laughs) it's just annoying broken yeah um Oh, shit, I forgot this one. I even posted just for you to watch, not for us to watch, but you, I don't know if you clicked on that Twitter link yet. But uh, but there's a good one where if you wiggle your car, just driving your car, and you go left and right, left and right, left and right, the car just keeps getting bigger. Like it expands horizontally. The model just keeps stretching more and more and more. So if you watch the video I posted there... Interesting. <laughs> it just... It gets to a point where the car is literally... As wide or more wide than a single lane of traffic, the wheels get all fucked up. Everything just starts fucking stretching. Just from moving the car back and forth, left and right. Wow, I'm watching it. (laughs) Holy sh- Maybe I should buy this. (laughs) Wow. Tell me that's not impressive. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's the kind of shit where, like, some programmer somewhere is crying because they're like, you know, it's like something that- uh, wires got crossed somewhere and the and the outcome was your car expands when you wiggle it back and forth but there you go so gta remaster more like a yeah somebody said in chat more like a more like a d master at this point it's kind of going backwards (laughs) kind of going backwards uh it seems that not that it should be surprising mr black that the elder Scrolls 6 will in fact be an xbox and pc exclusive after phil spencer finally came out and said guys it's a fucking exclusive, all right? We spent seven and a half billion dollars on this deal. It's a fucking exclusive deal with it. Of course, we're all going to be 48 years old by the time it comes out anyway, so nobody needs to worry yeah, about I it mean, right now. I mean, we knew, I mean, I, I, mean, I knew it was going to be exclusive. You don't spend that much money and then not make an exclusive. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like your, your absolute bare minimum is a timed. multi-year timed exclusive, and yeah. then it comes out like two years afterwards or some shit. Yeah. Like to milk just as much money as humanly possible. Yep. But otherwise, no. You want it, You want to play it? Seven and a half bills. They got to make their money back somehow. Um. Fans of Dead by Daylight. Oh, this is this one's uh, an interesting one. Fans of Dead by Daylight and Dragon Ball Z. Rejoice, Mr. Black, as Dragon Ball The Breakers was announced with the trailer this week. Uh, mm. I watched the trailer. Um, it was the, one of the most confusing trailers I think I've ever seen, personally. Uh, we can watch it if you'd like to watch this, uh, this trailer. Sure, I mean, why not? 
Why not? So let's just let's just get that set up real quick. I'll just put the end screen up. Uh, you guys will see that while I just press a couple of buttons and make some television magic happen. Oh, good. Part of the television magic is Jeff is not on the screen. Oh, no, wait a minute. I know what we can do there. Boom. I forgot I had that disabled from uh, ages ago. So we'll uh, we'll give this a peek but yeah this is this is so this is essentially to keep this in mind and i only found this out after i watched the trailer that it's supposed to be like a dead by daylight dragon ball game because without that knowledge this trailer is just the most confusing thing you will ever see but it makes a little bit more sense with that knowledge so let's check it out three two one go peggy 12 peggy 12 Oh, your like your phase one cell. It's time to take a stand. <laughs> the ultimate game of survival begins now. <laughs> Uh-huh. Wait, are you play a cell? So you know Dead by Daylight, right? Uh, Where people play as like yeah, the yeah, and everyone else is just the, the plebeians trying to get out. It's called an asymmetrical action game! Why you would put that in a tight in like the fucking trailer is beyond me. Like nobody knows what an asymmetrical action game is. <laughs> But this you're looks running like dog shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this looks so bad, and I'm a Dragon Ball Z fanboy. <laughs> so without like the knowledge that this is Dead by Daylight, the Dragon Ball experience, you can exp you can appreciate why I was very confused watching this trailer. Together with survivors. Yeah, is that Cell or is that Sephiroth? <laughs> Break out from chaos. <laughs> Thank you for adding the voices that they did not add to this trailer, Jeff, because it would cost them too much money. I love how they put like a dot there in the middle as well. Look like Of course. Let's go back to that scope there. That's that's the scope. They even put the little tiny like uh, crosshair dot there in the middle. Oh yeah. During Gotta the line scene. it up. During Gotta the line cut it scene, up. man. Wow. There you go. Dragon Ball the Breakers, otherwise known as the Ball Breakers, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Coming in, uh, I guess, 2022 sometime. To whoever wants to spend money on that, but maybe. 
I don't know, man. Like, Dead by Daylight from the surface is not the most appealing game that I've seen, but it has a hell of a dedicated fan base. So maybe they looked at it and said, man, what if we just made the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z villains, these guys come into town, blowing everything up, and we're trying to escape, you know, Cell and Frieza, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the Boo saga, maybe. If I can't run from Garlic Jr., am I really a Dragon Ball Z fan, Jeff? I don't think so. I don't think so. So there you go, Dragon Ball Breakers. Hell is like ass. The Breakers. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> uh, you know what else is looking like ass right now? Activision Blizzard stock price. That's my segue to this segment of the uh, of the podcast. Activision Blizzard took some serious pounding this week, Mr. Black, as hundreds of people stepped forward, internally and externally at the company. I think the, num- the number of reported cases now to the authorities is over 500. Uh, and the interesting uh, denotation there being both internal and external, the company, meaning that employees of the company are being hit for doing shit outside of work as well as within the the workplace, it seems. Uh, More information also came out about Bobby Kotick's behavior specifically, including a voicemail. This is particularly uh, damning. Uh, Specifically including a voicemail where he tells a former assistant that he'd have her killed. And despite the board of directors, uh, despite all of this, uh, stuff that came out this week, and I'm barely giving you a taste, I mean, you'd get to read a dictionary or three at this point to keep up with all this stuff. Uh, The board of directors came out publicly a couple days ago stating that they're still supporting Bobby Kotick uh, and and stand by him in these trying times. Um, Oh, God. Uh, The shareholders, however, have a different thing in mind. They want Kotick the shit out of there. And uh, as do hundreds upon hundreds, and the number keeps going up, of employees signing a official document calling for his resignation based on a, uh, you know, they have no confidence. It's a call of no confidence in Bobby Kotick's leadership. Uh, this especially happened, and as well as a massive employee a walkout, which I think was a couple, was over, you know, in the thousands, I think, of employees, if I'm not mistaken, walkout here this week after they discovered that Bobby Kotick actually did know, we discovered, uh, not that it was surprising to find out, uh, about a lot of this sexual harassment and just didn't do anything about it. In fact, one of them, uh, one of them that uh, was uh, the uh, the harassment cases, uh, Bobby Kotick fought to keep the guy in place at the company instead of having them removed from the company. Bobby stepped in and said, no, 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 we must keep this person in the company. Uh, further than that, he, there was also, uh, a, I think one or two rape allegation of a single person, um, uh, a supervisor and, uh, and Bobby did not inform the board, uh, or anyone else about this happening either. So he seems to have a habit of wanting to sweep as much of this shit under the rug as possible. Not that it might entirely have anything to do with it, but unfortunately, it looks bad as far as press is concerned because Mr. Kodak, as well as two of the board members, which have been fighting to keep Bobby Kodak in place, are all in Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book. Woo! So you might not be shocked to find out that Activision Blizzard's stock price has tanked 18% in the last couple of weeks. Sounds like a pretty good time to invest money into uh, into Activision Blizzard. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. This is not financial advice, but 
you know, I've, <laughs> I've got a little bit of I got a little bit of money there in my account just waiting to be put into a stock, and it seems like Activision Blizzard might be a good bet right now. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, it's uh, uh, so obviously there's a lot more going on. That was just the highlights of the week. Uh, the walkout and whatnot. We also got public statements from Jim Ryan, uh, the head of PlayStation. Uh, obviously, I suspect because he feels not just that, you know, he feels necessary to come out and say something for PR's sake in general, but also more specific to PlayStation. They have deals, uh, exclusivity deals with Call of Duty and whatnot with Activision for uh, PlayStation. And so, of course, now Jim Ryan is more directly tied to this whole mess. And so he came out. Uh, well, you first say, first of all, he called apparently way back when this first started to kick up and said, guys, what the fuck? Uh, and then as the decisions to continue to keep Bobby and these other people in place, uh, continued to mount, he made his public statement this week, uh, condemning, uh, basically everything over there saying that they could not possibly be, uh, like handle this any worse than they're fucking handling it right now. Another fun fact, uh, remember when they had, I think it was Jen, J- what's her name? Jen O'Neill. And then, um... Um, uh, uh, oh, the other guy, uh, Ibarra or whatever is the other guy's name is when they had the, oh, we no. talked about, we had, when they removed Blizzard's head, they replaced with two, two heads. Remember they had a guy and a girl. That's right. That's right. At the head. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, when they signed those two on it, uh, afterwards, she apparently discovered that they were paying the guy more than they were paying her for the exact, literally the co the co role of the company, and so they got torched for that too. So uh, they just can't seem to take anything but giant capital L's this week uh, as this continues to roll forward. So uh, Bobby then came out and doubled down uh, on it by uh, putting out a an internal email to uh, everyone this week, saying, "Anyone who doubts my and this is a quote." Anyone who doubts my conviction to be the most welcoming and inclusive workplace doesn't really appreciate how important this is to me. Uh, end quote. That was Bobby's words this week. Uh, uh, also, Phil Spencer, of course, came out and did his spiel, although that's probably less about partnership and more about just saying something because as another leader of another ma- massive company in the same space, you just have to come out and say, what the fuck? Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's your highlights now for Activision Blizzard's current situation, which I would say is just everything is on fire. Holy shit is an, is an accurate, I mean, it was already on fire before somebody dumped gasoline on it this week, uh, and the fire gets a, a little bit bigger. So we'll keep tabs on that and see if, uh, if Bobby does in fact manage to keep his place in the company. Do you think he'll keep it, or do you think that this is mounting enough evidence that he's going to eventually get uh, replaced? Bobby ain't going anywhere, man. He's... Well, I'm just going to say it, man. He's too good at his job. He makes too much money. Like, he's doing something... Like, when I say that, I don't mean, like, he's doing a good job with all of this. He's doing a good job at making money. That's that's what I mean. Like, to shareholders, this guy is just making money hand over fist year after year after year he obviously knows what he's doing in terms of how to get profits it's just the shit is catching up to him um and i don't think he's in it's not like he's being accused of this stuff you know what i mean it's like shit that's just happening under his watch which is bad and it shouldn't but at the end of the day unless he's mixed up in all of this mess uh directly i don't I don't foresee him leaving. 
unless he's just tired and he just doesn't want to deal with the headaches and he's made his money and he's just like, all right, you know what? I'll step down. But I don't, I don't see anybody getting together. I don't see the board getting together and saying, you got to go. Well, the board is already behind him. So I like, I think like I, somebody asked me that. That's why I asked you a question. Somebody asked me, do I think Bobby's going to get replaced? And you know, the, the, the loose answer to that is the reality is for any CEO of any company of the size of Activision Blizzard, there is an enormous amount of mechanics in place to keep that CEO in place as if they're performing Yep. Even to even to a satisfactory level, they don't need to be a superstar like like uh, Billy had uh, or Billy <laughs> Bobby has uh, in terms of making money for the company. Uh, it, there's just a lot of mechanics in place to keep them uh, keep them there um, for sure. And this is especially if you have enough friends on the board that that will fight to keep you there. The board is ultimately your best chance at removing the CEO. And if the board is behind the CEO, my God, you basically have to hope he gets arrested. Or some, or some like insane, yeah. insane yeah. shit comes yeah. out, and I know it's insane that he already got like caught up in this thing about about like threatening to have like an uh, an, an, uh, an assistant killed, but apparently they already settled that when it happened. So there's no other legal ramifications likely going to come out of that other than bad PR that it's become more public now. So you really have to like there, there's so much work, uh, and they they you know to give you an idea, they also reminded everyone this week that. All of the uh, sexual harassment and, and workplace violation stuff that applies to the average employee will not be applied specifically to Bobby Kotick in this case. So even if something comes up, they will not, he will not get the same kind of treatment as an average employee does within the company. And that's just, you know, welcome to corporate fuckery. So Bobby's made lots of money for lots of people. He's made lots of friends that also have lots of money. They're also at the top of the company, uh, short of him being put in jail uh or like jeff said he just gets tired of juggling all this shit he's getting he's older he's not like retirement retirement old but he's getting up there he's obviously he's got hundreds of millions of dollars shit the bonus from this year would be he's good and then some but you know uh people people in that spot tend to also like to keep making more money so unless it's a massive headache well it's not even the money like i i i believe when you're worth that much money. I mean, Bobby Kodak, like how much is this guy worth? He's got to be worth a billion dollars by now. No joke. I'm not sure what his personal is, but I know that, I mean, just in terms of his, because you know, if you're talking about like liquid net worth, I mean, this is, this is internet. Yeah. That's stock and everything between seven and $8 billion. Yeah. I mean, his bonus was a hundred, what was $150 million this year. Yeah. So So like, and that's, and that's money money. That's not stock options. That's, he got a bonus of 150 million. That's that's one year. year. Yeah. So my guess is, is like probably bare minimum. He's worth a billion dollars. So like, I mean, at the end of the day, and that's if you torched all of his fucking stock. Yeah, that's right. He's got a shit ton of stock. So I mean, maybe he actually is worth <laughs> billions of dollars. That's uh, that's where his, that's where the seven billion or yeah. whatever is coming from is stock, right? But I, uh, he's got yeah, he's my, got a my, lot of money. My thing is, is it's it's not about the money for this dude anymore. It's it becomes a it becomes a status thing. It becomes a a power a power thing, right? This is his identity. This is this is who he is. Who he's known to do. Uh, who, who he's known to be. And I think that 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 probably means a lot more to him than money at this point, because, you know, you give this guy two hundred million dollars and it doesn't change his life at all. Like he doesn't even notice it. So he'll still fight for that two hundred million dollars. Of course, of course. But that's that's (laughs) the that's the that that's the 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 lion in him, man. That's that's the that's the alpha in him. That that's the that's the I'm going to go and get it right. Like, I I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating, but I, you know. 
if I was worth that much money, I mean, chasing another hundred million or 150 million bucks, it'd be more of an ego thing or more of a, because I can, um, thing more than I need this $150 million to like buy another yacht. Right. Like it's just not, I don't know. I don't think he oh, goes no, well, anywhere because it's, I think that he just wants the job too much. Right. Yeah. He likes yeah, being yeah. the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He likes being oh, the absolutely. Guy. He likes being the guy. Oh, for sure. Um, no two ways around it. So there you go. That's, that's his current situation. Uh, and the current situation for Activism, uh, Activision Blizzard. So we'll see uh, We'll see what uh, continues to precipitate from all of this as the weeks roll on. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, the Game Awards announced their nominees for this year. Uh, and it got a lot of people talking about how it seems to start to uh, be mimicking the Oscars in regards to which games are being chosen by the panel for nominations. So there's, I think, like over 100 people on the panel that are choosing the the nominations for the various categories and, and whatnot, and ultimately doing voting and uh, et cetera, where I think, I think when the voting comes down to it, like, I think it's 10, 10 or 20%, I can't remember, of the public's vote counts towards the ultimate winners, but then the rest of it is on this panel. And uh, anyway, they put out their, um, uh, their stuff this year, and it, it kicked up this discussion. And it chiefly got kicked up uh, around the internet because of the exclusion of Forza Horizon 5. And it was originally uh, it was originally believed because Forza came out too close or after the deadline for games to be included in the year of the game of the year um, discussion for this uh, event. Uh, it was discovered that it came out still, I think it was like two weeks or something before the deadline. Uh, and every pretty much anyone that would be on the panel that would be playing it would have already likely had a chance to give it a go. So... Uh, the reason why that was, a, why this has become more of a sticking point is because it is the highest rated game of 2021. And that is to also taking into consideration that even if you compare it to other games that have similar scores, more publications have reviewed Forza Horizon 5 than other games. So you might have a game that's like rated an 88 overall. Horizon 5, I think is a 91, but Horizon 5, I think has like double some publication uh reviews versus other games uh and so it is critically the most acclaimed it's also uh i think close to if not the most uh player well received game uh, of the year it's converted both journalists and regular players into the racing genre in general and is being lauded as one of the best games anyone that plays it have ever played and some people are getting like mind fucked just off the rip in the opening segment of the game uh i watched nadeshot actually play the opening segment just the other day and he was literally just mind fucked for like a half hour straight it was kind of fun to watch um so it it's st- it started up the conversation about this be- not just because it's a racing game but because like for all of the metrics that you could possibly measure a game to be considered for at least being nominated for game of the year it's not even on the nominations list uh, and then another yeah. part of the conversation was also within the indie game category. 2021 was a really bumper year for some incredible indie games uh, as well uh, that got critically and fan receptions through the roof. Uh, but none of them are also being seen here. And I talked a bit in the thread about how I believe some of that's because we have a separate category for indie game of the year where when the panelists sit down and they decide game of the year overall and indie game, they say, oh, well, some of these maybe could possibly replace some of these other ones of the main list, but they have their own categories. So 
let's not move some of them up there. Like in like uh, the like the Forgotten City and Inscription are two just off the top of my head that I can think of that could easily be argued to replace something like Resident Evil Eight, which is on this list. So before you, I know you have some things to say. I'll just read the list and then I'll get your thoughts on what I've I've kind of blurted out thus far. So the list uh, for this year is Death Loop. It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and & Clank, and Resident Evil Village are the six, uh, the six nominees. So, what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on that stuff, Mr. Black? Um, I'll be honest, man. I don't think uh, a sports game or a racing game should ever win Game of the Year. Ever. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna keep it 100. Um... I don't think the I don't think the player pool is big enough. I don't think it's um, in terms of in terms of your your. I'm not well, saying I had that, nine million players in seven okay, days. I mean uh, that's why I was gonna that's why I was gonna reframe it because I knew you were yeah. gonna counter. Um, it's not necessarily <laughs> the number of players playing the game. It's the variety of people that play the game. Um, sports games and racing games are in their own world, um, and in my opinion. They're almost not even just a different type of genre, but it's almost like it's almost like comparing uh, blockbuster movies to uh, Netflix movie originals that just go on Netflix. Um, I don't think they should be in the same category. Now you can make the argument, well, they're video games, so you know what? Yeah, why, why, why can't it? I think it's very hard to. I think it's I think it's very tough to compare a game like Forza to a game like Ratchet and Clank or a game like Resident Evil. You can make a comparison between Resident Evil and Ratchet and Clank. You can make a comparison between Metroid Dread and Psychonauts 2. Um I don't think you can make the comparison. I don't think that they should be in their own realm. I think I think racing games and sports games should have their own, you know, sport game of the year, racing game of the year. And that way they can get their due. Um, because at the end of the day, dude, it's cars driving around in circles. Um, and when it comes to sports games, typically it's the same iteration of the previous year with a with a new player pool, an updated player roster, and maybe one or two new new modes. You can make the same it, you can make the same argument that like, hey, you know, Fallout Six is basically Fallout Five. But once again, Fallout Six ain't winning game of the year. It's just not. Right, it, it it I don't think it's ever won. Might have won Game of the Year when it first came out, but uh, no, it didn't. So, um, sports game hasn't got Game of the Year since two thousand and three. So, I don't think you're ever going to see one again. And as for racing, there hasn't been one. I don't think ever. Maybe, maybe like in the '90s. Maybe I don't know. I think one of the, I think the only racing game to ever win a game of the year back in the day uh, in like paper publications was one of the Gran Turismo games. I can't remember which one. That makes sense. Yeah, because I mean head, ba- back then as well, like the Gran Turismo, like for PS One, like that was like game changing, right? It was like it was groundbreaking. It was like oh my god, what the fuck is this? It wasn't just a racing game. It was, but it was it it. it it transcended racing games as we know it and and the whole genre uh sort of as we know it um so you know there 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 is there is merit there um but in terms of from what i've seen from forza and i've watched you play it probably for about 30 minutes off and on 
Um, you know, I've I've watched some YouTube videos and stuff, people talking about the game. Uh, it looks like it's a phenomenal game. It looks like it's a phenomenal racing game. Uh, and it Forza didn't miss, but just because they didn't miss and it's and it's critically acclaimed and people like it, I I don't think it it should be in contention for game of the year. And obviously, these people think so think so as well. And I mean, my my voice is much smaller than yeah than the actual organization that does all this stuff, right? So yeah, um, not saying it's not a great game. I'm not saying it's be- I'm not even saying it can't be better than all of those games up there because I mean it's subjective. I mean if you if you're a diehard racing guy like you, you're probably going to enjoy Forza more than all of those games or the vast majority of those games. Um, simply just because it's in your lane and it's, and it's done so well. Uh, but I don't think that there's any real merit to have them be game of the year as a racing game. I just don't. Yeah. So I, like, I, I just as like precedent for this within this own, the, the, let's say the umbrella of the game awards specifically, cause that's what we're talking about. Cause there's every publication has their own game of the year of thing. So we'll just talk about the game awards. Um, it's the big one. Is the big? It has become the big one. You know, Jeff Keighley has really put a lot of time to try and make this like the the definitive game awards. So, the only one that I can see that like stands out that might that be interested on your on your thoughts about uh, about it having one game of the year in regards to the some of the reasons for why Forza wouldn't be considered or 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 should be in like its own category uh, would be that in 2016. Um, Overwatch was game of the year. Okay. And that was up against Doom, Inside, Titanfall 2, and Uncharted 4, Thief's End. So what separates a, uh, a, a, a solely, uh, competitive arena shooter in Overwatch, and not even the first of its kind or, or one that was particularly unique other than to say that it was, uh, a Blizzard production versus something that's like a uh an open world um multiplayer uh racer like arcade racer uh like a forza horizon 5 what separates those two that would put not not because i'm not saying that for for example that i would even necessarily make forza horizon 5 the game of the year it's just it's just that i'm interested in i would be interested in what the panel takes into consideration when critically and player base has put it at the top above all other games of the of the year um which i think should at least net it a nod in the game of the year category maybe not win it but all the same what's it compare like to something like overwatch as to why that would be uh nominated let alone win game of the year in 2016 well i mean overwatch isn't isn't a racing game it's not a sports game but it also doesn't have really any core uh, story, beginning or end, three kind of three arc thing that all these other games go through that every other game of your category would take, like Uncharted or Titanfall 2's campaign or Inside, which is an indie title, or Doom, even though it's just your classic, you know, fast-paced Doom game. Um, it, it still tracks as your usual first or third person with a story that's either shooter or adventure game that is almost 99% of what makes up the nominees in any given year of any given game of the year category. So Overwatch is one of the ones that stand out to me 
specifically because it is multiplayer only. It is just an, an arena shooter. They've tangentially, over time, added on bits and pieces to background of the characters, but otherwise, it's just that. It's just an arena shooter and not even a particularly unique one. Well, it's, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there is merit to what you're saying, but I mean, at the same time, it depends on the games that are out that year. And yeah, I mean, Overwatch is a bit kind of played out now. It's going on 2022, but we're talking about 2016. And let us not forget that Overwatch did change the game to a degree. I mean, it isn't your regular shooter. It was very different. Um, it was coming in uh, from Blizzard who, you know, didn't at the time come up with a game for quite some time. Um, so there was a lot of hype around it. They created a massive league. Uh, it was a huge, I mean, it was the biggest thing in gaming in 2016. It just was. Um, Forts is not. Forts is just, it's just not. It's, it's, it's an important game. It's a, it's, and they're, they're in their, their own lane, so to speak. But Overwatch, you know, everybody was playing Overwatch. You know, the it, it was it was the talk of the town. It was changing esports as we knew it. Um, it just had more impact, in my opinion. How did it change esports? Because Overwatch League was entirely floated by Blizzard and then died almost instantaneously. Yeah, but but it didn't in 2016. You know, they're dumping all this money into it. Bunch of teams were coming over. People were jumping ship. I mean, uh, it was just a different thing. Like nobody's nobody's going out of their way to. Uh, to to change their gaming habits for Forza, right? It, it, it there's no it, it, it. I'm not trying to underplay. Well, what they, Forza's they, done. they must they, be to a certain degree because the last most popular Forza, for example, being four, only hit. There's no uh, games like, on. There's no games on the new system. Everybody's desperate for a game, so that Forza came out at the right time. It's a game that that shows off all the graphical natures of the new consoles. So you've got tons of people that own these consoles and don't have games to play them. I mean, COVID hit. Nobody, nobody, everybody's indoors. Everybody wants games to play on their new consoles. And it's been the perfect eclipse for Forza. Shouldn't you say, shouldn't you say that about any of the games that are being on this list this year, that there are so few games that some of these are getting onto the list just because everyone's desperate to get games on new consoles? Notwithstanding the fact that Forza also lives on the PC, and I suspect the majority, given the few number of Xboxes on the market, especially given the fact that there's now over 10 million people on it, and I don't know if they've even crested much more than 10 million sales of both the Series S and X combined, that a large portion of this is the PC market. Couldn't you say that about like almost any other game, like Resident Evil... Uh, Village or any others that have been. I mean, Resident uh, Evil supposed- sold a shit ton of copies as well, did it not? Yes, it did. Uh, but that's my point. Is that but, like? I mean, I mean, graphically, it also rated lower. It doesn't. But rating doesn't matter. That's the thing, right? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. Uh, no, it doesn't. For this, because for Game of the Year awards, it doesn't. No, the rating doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with the Oscars, right? There's tons of movies that win the Oscars, and the ratings on some of these movies are bad. They're just From bad. Who? The critics. From critics, audience. It doesn't really matter. Like it, it's game of the year, uh, our, our, our album of the year, all these different things. There's politics behind it. There is a, it's not just a, we've got 10 million players, 9 million of those players really, really like the game. It should, it should get game of the year. It's just not how it works. Unfortunately, it's just, I don't, I don't make the rules. Um, I mean, outside of that, I don't really have much 
much other of a rebuttal. The thing is, is, is Forza is almost a benchmark type game. You, you, it's, it's, it's like, it's be, it's the crisis level of race of, of racing games. If you want to see what your console can really do and what your TV can really do, you buy Forza and you buy Forza over Resident Evil. Resident Evil isn't a graphical thing. People weren't buying Resident Evil because they thought the game looked pretty. They're buying Resident Evil because they love the series and they buy it. When it comes to Forza, yes, that's absolutely the truth. The people that love Forza buy Forza. But I also believe that because people are, everybody's in their houses, they've got the new consoles. This thing looks absolutely gorgeous. Like, it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Um, you know, shit, if it was free to play, I'd probably chuck it on my TV, just see what it looks like. You know, I got a PlayStation five is this doesn't get used, right? Like I don't, I don't have a, I, I don't, I don't have a game. So Forza, you know, it's, it's the same thing with, um, with, um, um, I mean, look how cool it's become now. The game looks so damn good that there's more people than ever buying, you know, racing wheels and pedals and fucking getting in because it just feels and looks so real now that's cool so that's going to pique the interest of a lot of casuals that are people buying racing that. wheels and pedals just because it looks good and not because like because if it just looked good and you were just standing to look at it you don't need to buy racing wheels yeah, but and it pedals feels because... more yeah but it feels even more real like it feels like you're you're doing this shit man like uh you know it's it's super realistic i yeah i mean i i think if a game looks so so realistic I would fucks with a with a with a pedal and a and a racing wheel. Um, I've been seeing more and more people on Twitter picking them up anyway. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just what I'm seeing. Um, but I think oh, the- lots of people are buying wheels for it. There's no two ways around it. A yeah. lot of that's also because Forza Horizon Four had terrible fucking wheel support. Only the only one that had decent wheel support was the main franchise. So this was like the first Horizon that had pretty legit support for all sorts of wheels. So that's definitely boosted a lot of sales for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my opinion doesn't change, man. I just don't think a racing game should be nominated for game of the year, um, nor a sports game, uh, unless they are completely like a Gran Turismo level, uh, changing the game like, like no other. Um, and, you know, as much as Forza is a, is, is a home run, it's, it's not, that ain't it. It's, so- it's another Forza. So, uh, okay, so similar similar uh, question, but with indie titles getting uh, a harder time of making it to these uh, to these lists for all the same reasons, uh, supposedly that Forts is not on this list uh, for uh, more or less. Uh, my opinion is that when it comes to indie games, only a couple of them uh, only it's like they put one on there because they feel like they have to, and then the rest of them. Uh, never make it despite um, how really incredible they are. And a lot of the indie games, a lot of the stuff that we get, we've talked on the podcast before, a lot of the really groundbreaking or truly new shit because the indies are the ones that can take risks, whereas the main AAA games and stuff are less prone to being able to take risks because there's a lot of money on the line. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's that's coming up that's new is from the indie realm. And we see them, uh, we see them not nearly as well represented here. And I think some of that personally is because we have our own indie, like it has their own category. So I think in the minds of, of a lot of the people making the decisions, it's, well, these are really good, but we have an indie category specifically here. And so, you know, unless they're 
uh, you know, let's say likely to be the very top of the indie category, we won't even put them on this list, even if, comparatively speaking, they could very well be better than some of these picks. And I hate to pick on Resident Evil uh, Village, but I mean, I played Resident Evil Village, and I played a lot of the, uh, the best indie games this year, and I played several of the of the the top games of the year. Resident Evil 8 is a good game. Resident Evil 8 is not on the top six list of pretty much any game of the year list over top of a number of other selections, and I'm not talking about Forza Horizon in particular, but that is the example I'll use again is um, just Inscription alone would replace, for example, Resident Evil 8 on that uh, not on my list. That's the thing, right? So like, if I played Forza, I'm going to enjoy Resident Evil over it every time, right? Every time. Because it's not even close. So I'm just, you know, I play, play Forza for an hour, maybe. Be done with that shit. Resident Evil, I grind out, play it till the end. So, I mean, it's it's very subjective once again. Uh, but I think I think you're very stuck on rating and not necessarily the game. Well, it's, well, like, it's not what, that I'm, it's not that I'm stuck say- on it. My question is what are what is the what are the the metrics being looked at here? Because if there is some sort of if if the if the game of the year or the movie of the year or whatever, obviously there has to be markers that people in their subjective nature are looking at themselves to choose a game. It's not just they. I I, I promise you, it's not just I played this game and I really enjoyed it, so I'm going to nominate it for game of the year or movie of the year because there are lots of titles in which somebody might really enjoy. Like, uh, and it's obviously a broken game, but they just had fun with it. They're not going to nominate it for Game of the Year. So there are certainly benchmark pieces that people are looking at that categorize and make up what they consider to be something worthy of Game of the Year with within some reasonable degree. There has to be. And so I'm wondering what that is that determines how these end up continuously floating to the top. There is seeing what is continuously nominated for year after year with very few exceptions, like we talked about Overwatch back in 2016. It seems like very similar samey games, just like we get in movies and whatnot, seem to filter to the top as to what people consider to uh, for game of the year. And that seems to be first or third person action adventure, first person shooter or third person shooter, uh, with uh, enough of a story or characters because it has to be considered um, involved narratively before we'll really give it a shot. I think that's how some indie games, like in 2016, Inside was listed there. That was for its narrative. It wasn't because it was a first or third person shooter or action adventure title. So I'm very intrigued as to the process the, uh, that filters these consistently to the top because for me as somebody who looks at games and at least reviews them and I, I see the game awards as being an extension of of a uh, an amalgam of the reviewing category because all the people nominated are game reviewers and, and journalists that's who make up this platform so for me it's it's uh it's how how they're individually breaking down that this stuff comes to the top because yeah for me uh it's hard for me to to even if i like put my myself in the mind of somebody else who does game reviews it's hard for me to place um, and if I'm looking at a game a, a, a little bit more objectively, if because if we're trying to come up with game of the year, we have to like put our own biases aside. Like for you, for example, like you said, you know, would you put Overwatch necessarily as game of the year? Maybe not, but you can assume you can appreciate why perhaps it would because from your view, you were saying that it changed the game. You know, there's it it was it had an industry impact at the time. 
Just like we talked about how Minecraft, it's hard to not talk about Minecraft without the impact on the industry. It might not be the greatest game ever made, but you, you can't deny the fact that it fucked the whole industry up. That shit came in and took over. So you have to put your subjective side, you know, to the corner and say, all right, look, Minecraft's some dope shit. This might not be my shit, but yeah, it should probably be up on that list. So it's just a very intriguing kind of a, uh, of a conversation, especially when we see stuff like Overwatch go up, but not but not something that's like an arcade racer. Uh, you know, I can understand if it's like iRacing, which is like a hardcore simulator shit, not getting not getting game of the year, but this has been so ubiquitous in journalists that don't ever even play racing games, loving it and giving it high scores. Bro, bro, that you, it's listen, there. you're, you're going to drive yourself mad trying to figure out these I'm things. Not upset. Because, I'm not upset about yeah, it. It's just yeah, an interesting yeah. topic. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, man, it's all corrupt, man. Like, that's that's just the real answer. Like, it's... The whole thing's corrupt, man. The Oscars are corrupt. The game of the year is corrupt. <laughs> There's a ton of money going on in the background. These people, they get invited to certain events. They get the first copies of these games. They're 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 paid behind the scenes to, to put in good reviews and to make sure that their titles are in that list so that they get all the, re all the recognition so that we're talking about these specific games, right? So that we're talking about Metroid Dread. Now it, we're getting the real truth death as to why. Psychonauts, yes. Ratchet and Clank, Hit Resident me. Evil. This Keep is, it going. But this, this is, is the real truth, not the bullshit is, you filtered me 20 minutes ago. Yeah, but this is, is the real truth. Yeah, but there's truth behind that as well, man. <laughs> there, there is truth behind that as well. But in terms of the politics of it, man, it's money-driven. These companies, they all have a shoe-in with this shit. You know, they're big sponsors <laughs> and supporters of these events. So, of course, they're going to put these games up there and nobody's going to bitch about it because you've got a little bit of everything in there that everybody, you know, their representation is in there. It's just the way it is, man. There's a reason why a racing game is not winning game of the year ever. It's just, it's just how it is, man. It's the same reason why you're not going to see Iron Man 5 win an Oscar. It's just not going to happen. The Oscars aren't going to let it happen. They're like, no, we're too... You know, we're, we're, we're too, yes, we're, you we're, hit it. we're that, you know, it has nothing to do. It has so little to do with how good the actual property is and so much to do with the prestige of the award and being part of it and being on the panel and what is expected and where money is going. And all of that points to, that is why you see the same filtered shit up to the top of these lists over and over and fucking over again. And all it's going to take one year. And maybe it will actually happen, but there's one year where a game that does normally fit the fucking profile that would be up there, that doesn't make the list, and, like, because, like, here's the thing, is that nobody ever is gonna say, well, it got up there because politics. Nobody's ever gonna admit to that shit, they'll just be like, well, you know, they just kinda, we voted and it happened, and it was all there. But that's a much better take. That is reality. I don't think, I don't think, because sports is not a fucking high racing simulator. It's one being enjoyed by tens, over 10 million people now, whether they're racing fans or otherwise. More than the entire console base of the Xbox in which it is calls home. 
uh, journalists and otherwise, all getting converted, all sucking its dick raw for the entirety of it being up there and not even getting nominated as, I think, like the kind of watershed. Yeah, well, we saw it happen in movies. We know it's politically driven. People get snubbed for fucking years and years and years. There's lots of people that never get awards for all sorts of different reasons. And now here you are. You're going to see it in the game side, too. It's no different. Same reason. Jeff Keighley's got to sell advertising space. If you watch the game awards... No, 98% of it is advertising for game showing trailers. And then in between the trailers, you see Jeff Keighley standing on stage. He goes, and the winner is, and we're done. And he walks off and it's another trailer. So it's all selling space. And I don't blame him because that's how the whole thing goes. He's going to, he's got to do what he's got to do, but that's it. There's the take bless saints row. Mr. Black, you were right. It is indeed the one to drop out of February. Big shocker on the list of games that could possibly have gone wrong for February. They would have been now. Not only did they know that it was bad to launch February for reasons of it being alongside of every other game in that list, but they also know the game is not ready, so they delayed it all the way into August. Smart. <laughs> so we're gonna get. I don't even think August is it. I think I think it gets delayed one more time. I think it goes from August into probably the winter months at some point. Uh, nothing about that trailer they showed uh, told me that even a few more months in the oven is likely going to be the answer. I think they got another couple, maybe another short delay, one or two months on top of August, and then we'll be getting it. But definitely the easiest choice that that team has ever made was to delay that out of February because, holy shit, even the stream or even the Steam Deck is coming out in February now. You can't, you can't escape anything. Hardware, software, everything. It's now, this D-Day. Won't the, this won't be the only game that's going to leave February. Oh, no, there's, there will have to be, be more. There will be more. <laughs> there will be more. There will be more. Uh, Streamlabs OBS under a lot of fire from everyone this week's uh, week is nearly, uh, they posted a nearly identical web page copy, uh, from, I think it was Lightstream, uh, turned into, uh, into everyone airing slobs, dirty laundry. This is just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, I think it was light. I think it's Lightstream. They posted on Twitter, uh, their web page, and then, uh, an updated page from Streamlabs OBS that is quite literally as close to being identical as you can get. For example, the exact same WordPress template, which I was like, okay, that happens all the time. Lots of people use the same WordPress template, that's fine. Then you look at the copy to describe the, the actual product and service, and it's the exact kind of changing of the, uh, here, give me your homework, I'll change a couple of words, nobody will ever be able to tell that I copied it, uh, and we'll be fine. It's that level of fucking copy difference. Then, perhaps the worst thing that they could have done, of all of the things that they didn't modify, at the very bottom, they copied word for word the testimonials for Lightstream on Streamlabs. So they just removed the name of the person and word for word the same Lightstream, you know, change my streaming light, blah, 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 blah. And they just copied and pasted the whole fucking testimonial. It's not even for their product. It's for somebody else's product. And they put the same testimonial at the bottom of their fucking page. It was the most egregious fucking copying I've ever seen. And so that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Then people saw that. It went semi-viral, you know, 20,000 retweets with which, you know, within the gaming community is all it takes for everyone to see the shit. And then... It was everyone came out to fucking just beat the shit. Everyone grabbed a baseball bat and started swinging at Streamlabs OBS, one after the other. OBS themselves came out and said, hey, 
Remember that time when Streamlabs came to us and asked if they could use OBS in our name because they were using our open source software? And we said, you know, thank you for asking, but we'd appreciate it if you didn't. And then they went ahead and did it anyway. And not only that, but then they filed for a fucking trademark on top of that immediately following. And then they paid a shitload of money in Google ads consistently so that when you search just OBS in Google, Streamlabs OBS is at the very top of the fucking list and not open broadcast software, the original company. Uh, more than that, old employees started coming out of the woodwork to let you know what it's like inside the company. Chiefly, the marketing team apparently all but exclusively got fired en masse back in like 2018. Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm, 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 they deserve all this heat, all right? They do. (laughs) But at the same time, bro, you know what I'm sick and tired of? I'm sick and tired of these people coming out from these companies and bitching and complaining and, and throwing gasoline on the fire. If you had if you had issues right with the way shit was going down, then why don't you voice the issues? Oh, when, they did, and then they got fired. Happening? No, I mean publicly. Like, why don't you tell people this stuff? Why don't you come out and say, guys, shit, tons of us just got fired from this shit. Oh, and by the way, this is the fucking slimy shit they're doing. But instead, they wait till almost twenty twenty two when they're under fire, and then they start piling in. Man, I'm not a fan of that shit, man. I'm just I'm just not a fan. Well, I'm not saying I you can't speak up. I just, there's something that just doesn't seem sincere. It's hard. It's hard for me to, to get on board with these people that do this stuff when you're, when you're picking a very specific time to do it. And it's like the most opportune time, like not, why not just come out and say the shit before man? Why? Why so now? I don't know of all of the stuff that came out for, for example, there was one employee that got fired because like three weeks before TwitchCon, they gave her the responsibility to set up the TwitchCon booth for Streamlabs. And she's like, okay, well, I got three weeks to make this happen. And she, she brought it to them. She said, I want, you know, she was adamant about wanting the, the booth at TwitchCon be wheelchair accessible, which seems like a relatively reasonable ask to <laughs> make it wheelchair Makes accessible. Sense. They didn't want to hear about it, and she was adamant about it, so they fired her. So there was lots of examples of stuff like that. Now, the yeah, thing yeah, is... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. Yes. I just can't believe that, right? That, that, that's the thing, right? Because, because what we're doing, Adam, like, and we gotta, yeah. if we're going to play this game, yeah. we have to, we, we, we can't, like, you're saying that, like, it's factual, right? Like, sure. We, we, can't, we can't just say this shit, right? It's the same thing that happened with Twitch with the password leaking. People are like, oh, now accounts are, I didn't, we're not hearing shit about that. I mean, I continue to look into it. There, nobody's saying anything. Nobody. So, you know, before listening to somebody that's angry or a random source, right, it's hard to just, I know we want to because they've done some dumb, and it's just like, oh, okay, then I'm sure that they've done this. I just have a hard time joining the bash machines when I'm only getting one side of the story. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying about that. So I just can't believe that. You know? No, I, oh, I, I, yeah. You don't, that just makes them sound like like you know the worst human beings ever. Oh, I, I get. We don't, it. I, yeah, we don't. We don't care about the people that have that 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 have disabilities so they can't come to our booth. You're fired. Yeah. Like yes. oh, what the fuck? Really? I mean, well. Okay, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I'm, comfortable, I'm comfortable being the asshole that is just going to assume, given everything else that they've done within their company, that that's not a stretch for me. 
the the fact that every that so many people from not just inside the company but tangentially related other companies that Streamlabs has dealt with and then stolen from and just acted like it was their own shit and swept under thing everything under the rug and then sold to Logitech for ninety million dollars off the back of everyone else's work, including open source software from OBS. You know, I can't, I can't not look at it and go, you know what, they're probably pretty shitty people. If I just had to take a fucking stab in the dark, they're yeah, probably I mean, pretty I shitty. Get, I get that, bro, but what I'm saying is, is like, they could, this person could have been like, yeah, you know, fucking, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I watched, I watched an employee kick a dog, you know, out, uh, you know, outside and just fucking beat a dog's, you know, whatever. You know, I, I, just I also can't, get. I, just I also get. I also understand when you say that they I, 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 that they yeah. seemingly wait to go public until these moments. I and just for the same reason is that you know maybe I know OBS did at the very least. Like when this originally was going on, OBS was voicing you know concerns about this shit publicly. Uh, for example, the, so it's not that all of this is just wait until the moment kind of thing. But I, I no, that's obviously not. I'm some, talking about these random third party yeah. people that either yeah. work for the company or knows somebody that worked for the company and you're yeah. hearing these horror stories it's like so the only know, other thing is is that i see it is that i'm sure positive in fact that some that some of the stories at the very least get exaggerated when these things come out because yeah. it's an easy time to exaggerate them i also believe that kind of similar to why unions exist if just one person comes out with a story like that and it's not dogpiling from like a bajillion other people on a relatively large entity like Streamlabs does, or what Streamlabs is, then it's just like this brief little fart in the wind and then it disappears and nothing happens. Now that this is all happening, it's like, oh, we finally, somebody's saying something and they have a little bit of a platform. If we get on this platform together and bring what happened with ourselves at the time, we can now present to the world, not that it should be difficult to see, given what we already know is factual, that there is a, other reasons why this company is being kind of shitty. It's kind of, I like, so I don't disagree that it does seem like dogpiling, because some of it definitely is. Similar to what like happened with Me Too, where there were lots of people that just weaponized the fuck out of it. There are people that weaponize this. Now, I don't think they'll weaponize it the same degree that <laughs> Me Too did, but still, it's an opportunity to get in. They're on the ground, they come over and they kick them. Right? Like, the stream lives on the ground, it's my opportunity to go kick my old employer for fucking my shit up. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I guess Fox has a, a point here, is that for many, 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 many years, obviously, at both Blizzard and Activision, there's been some pretty crazy shit going on internally, and now that there's, like, multiple lawsuits from the state of California that kickstarted it, now they can get behind it because otherwise it was just like, do I get blacklisted in my own in my 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 own field of work for sticking my neck out and and doing this shit? So I like I, it's a you're fucked you're you're, you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't really I guess is how it all works out. Yeah, the I end. just here's the thing, man. I just don't jump on uh, on bashing parties to jump on bashing parties. Like I I you know I just look at what OBS said. They done some wrong. They've admitted to it. Um, they deserve to get smashed on publicly by everybody on Twitter that's smashing them, including OBS. Um, but anything else that I hear is, is hearsay. I can't, I can't, I, we can talk about it. Yeah. But, but I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it as factual. Well, I, I can't, can't come I, out. I can't come out and say, I know certainly that this happened, but I could say that this is what's been going on and people are saying has happened. And sure. then it's up to the people at home. Say, but you did say, no, that. I say saying, that personally, right? I yeah. can make, I can make the jump. But that doesn't mean that yeah. I'm telling people that it happened. That's just me telling people that I can make the jump. It's the same thing as saying that 
earlier it's like this is not financial advice but this sounds like a really good time to get in on activision blizzard because that's your feeling on it but you're not telling other people you're still telling them to make their own thoughts up about that situation same with me i'm saying that i can see what they did at the very genesis of their company with obs and otherwise other platforms that they worked with and partnered with and then fucked in the ass and did that egregiously and only changed it after all of this happened they only removed obs from their name they only stopped paying advertisements in the last 24 hours hours because everyone is dogpiling them if they didn't do it when obs originally went public with it it took all of this before they went okay fine and you know what like i have my notes here i bet you if, if fucking logitech didn't buy them out they still wouldn't have taken the shit out their name because i promise you somebody at logitech went fuck this looks really bad for us we just bought your ass less than two years ago and now you're out here on fire publicly do something about it. Get the, we'll pay for you to change your name on Twitter. We'll get rid of the ads on, on fucking Google. Make it happen. And make it happen quick. Because if Logitech wasn't in it, I don't think they'd even be that quick to change anything about it, honestly. So, like, for me, personally, when I see how they did it, and then I hear these stories, it's not a huge leap for me, personally. But oh, out there, if you're listening. I respect that. Hey, yeah, absolutely. But out there, if you're listening. And you want to be damn sure, or you just don't want to believe whether or not, because there is absolutely, and I will say this as well, people that will exaggerate their circumstance at the company. They might have got fired, and maybe it was in the majority for, for that reason, but maybe there was some other shit that was also happening maybe, that you'll maybe never fucking take, know. Maybe be that person couldn't take no for an answer and kept bugging and bugging and bugging and then bitching and then saying no. Absolutely. Hey, if you don't like what we're doing... You're fired. I mean, yes, that's a reasonable that's, reason to sure. get fired, right? Uh, and you so might not we, ever know that. It's, you know, we're just going by what somebody said. That's, that's, that's why, why everyone always, why everyone says a meme allegedly every time. How there it oh, is. So man. I'm gonna say allegedly Alleg- they did this shit. Boom, nailed allegedly. it. Allegedly, nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're 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 dirtbags. I mean, they they did all. I, I'm I'm on your I'm on your side here. I'm on the side of the people here. <laughs> what they did was scummy, sleazy, underhanding. They piggybacked off OBS. OBS is the real champion in in streaming. Period. Because without OBS, <laughs> we'd, we'd be fucked. Split, you know what I mean? So <laughs> you know, uh, and you know, XSplit works and it's fine, but it's not OBS. All right, it's just not. No. Um, no. So yeah, I mean, it's like um, it's it's. I think what makes it worse is it's like if somebody tried to um tried to skamaz Gunrun out of like his his uh <laughs> his intellectual property, right? This is like you don't do that to Gunrun, right? You don't do that to OBS. You know, it's the same sort of darling to the streaming world. There's just certain people and, and entities and businesses that you just don't fuck with, right? And you just don't do wrong by because the people love these products or love what they've done and helped us evolve gaming. So yeah, shame on uh, Streamlabs. I haven't used Streamlabs in years. I've been on uh, Elements for for a while. But uh, yeah, I mean, Streamlabs, the same thing. Uh, when I stream from my phone... um. The when I open up the app, the, it's it's they have OBS and everything on the app as well. Like it, yeah, it's OBS you know, they, everywhere, bro. Yeah, it's just you know they're using uh, the the name OBS for 
their marketing. And they, they knew own- exactly what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, if they wanted it, why didn't they buy OBS out? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm sure OBS <laughs> has been offered, uh, you know, to be bought out. Well, they've got co- corporate sponsors. Twitch sponsors them specifically yeah. now. So, like, it's YouTube, I think. But also. I mean, holy like- fuck! I mean, if Logitech really wanted them that bad, I mean, they could have just they could have just said, hey, you know, let's just buy OBS and then we own all of it. You know, instead instead of this. But anyway, at least they're making the change. I think this is a good thing for OBS because they're getting great publicity right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, in, in the long run, I guess it all works out. You know what, though? I'm fucking salty because I, uh, after Muxy went under, my the, the thing that I ended up switching my notifications over to is fucking Streamlabs. I don't pay mm. them a red cent. You do elements, man. It's I don't pay thing. them a red cent, but I ended up on Streamlabs, and now I'm fucked because now I'm going to have to spend time doing my shit all over again. Well, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you can still use them. I mean, it's not to, no one's judging you, man. My like, only yeah. solace is that I don't pay them. If I paid the money, I'd be salty yeah, about that. I don't to... pay them anything. I mean, well, I'm not actually, that was, that was one of the shitty things I did just to wrap this up. The last thing I just, cause I forgot. I don't even think I wrote it down in my notes. So when people pay for their premium service, you know, they have, they offer that, that premium service. I can't remember what they call it or whatever. And then people eventually canceled the service. There was a bug in the back end that continued to, to draw money out of those accounts, even though they had canceled the accounts. Right. And people would go back and, and say, hey, I canceled, and you're still drawing money out of my account. And they said, oh, sorry about that. We'll do that. We'll cancel that right for you, whatever. And they had to clear the charge back over and over and over again on the user side. Wow. Okay, guess what? They get charged again. Go back to them. Hey, by the way, we just had this conversation. You charged me again. That's kind of shitty. Maybe don't do that. Sorry about that. We'll get it done. Internally. People went to the owners and said, hey, guys, we've got this pretty crippling bug right now where we keep charging people like $150 a fucking year or some shit to have this service. Uh, We should maybe fix that. And they said, no, it makes us too much money. Makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. (laughs) So there are some people that said that every that every month now they have to go in and charge back a PayPal or whatever to fucking cancel the fucking service over and over and over again. And some people have reported allegedly. There you go. See, allegedly Mm. more than a handful of people. That people that had donated to streamers that use Streamlabs as their service and you have to like sign, like you're using emails and shit on the back end when you're doing the donating and whatnot, that they started getting random charges of like 5 and $10 a month off of their accounts. That they were sending the donations through. Just wow. bleeding the money! So yeah, there you go. Streamlabs OBS. Go fuck yourself. I'm still going to use your free shit though because I'll, I'll take money out of your pocket, but I'm not going to put any in. At least, hopefully not any of my fuck. I would be so angry if I found out like random donators from my like tips, like people from my community were getting drawn money out of their fucking accounts for tipping me through their service. Holy shit! What a clusterfuck. So yeah, maybe I am gonna have to take the time to fucking change my service again. Um, last thing, it's time to talk about Halo, Mister Black. I don't suppose you've watched any or played any yourself. It is free to play. I haven't watched or played it yet, but I am downloading it after the... Po- you know what? I'm going to start downloading it right now. It's not a huge file, so it won't take you very long. It's like 26 gigs right or some Steam. shit. Right on Steam? Uh, you can get it on Steam or on the Xbox Store, either one uh, that you choose. Um, either one. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, I played... Obviously, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I played a fair amount. I think I played somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20 hours Damn. Uh, at this point. 
of okay. Halo Infinite multiplayer. Uh, and I have some thoughts, some base thoughts, and I'll be very interested in your thoughts after you've played uh, some as well. Um, so the, the right thing out of the gate, and I even have a command on my channel now, because the amount of people that come in and ask me, so is it any good? Got so high that I had to make a fucking command uh, to let people know so I didn't have to repeat myself. The answer is yes. Halo Infinite, at its core, like the gameplay portion of it, is really fucking good. Really solid. Polished beyond belief for something that you would have thought a year ago would have been like a complete bomb out of the gate. It's not perfect. There are things that some people would like to see changed within the gameplay. But in reality, excuse me, they could change nothing and it would be fine. Uh, they've made the assault rifle usable for the first time in the series fucking uh, life. Uh, it's very good. Very, very good. Better than I had ever thought that it would be on on launch. And uh, and honestly, like as my first tweet, uh, I said, can we appreciate, something along the lines of, can we appreciate that for like the first time in my recent memory, meaning like five plus years, we had a multiplayer game launch and not be falling apart when you load the fucking thing. It loads up in like two seconds. You get into a game super fucking quick. There's, there's, I've had... I think two crashes in 20 hours and like one can one odd connection bug that was as complicated as cancel the queue and press queue again. Like, like in comparison to every other multiplayer game I've played, we're talking minuscule issues in comparison. Um, very, very, very stable, very solid, very good, very Halo. Great combination of what feels like a little bit of a Halo 2 meets a little bit of like a Halo 4, um, in terms of like the feel. It's not as fast as Halo 2, perhaps. It's not as, uh, battle rifle heavy as, as Halo 4. Uh, it feels modern, but it still feels Halo. Like you, undes undeniably Halo to the point where... All of my skill of playing every other FPS in the last five years has done nothing for me in Halo. I am dog shit at Halo Infinite. I am absolutely terrible at this game. I am getting my shit kicked every single match. I'm cursing myself out. I'm cursing everything out. And you know what? I press Q up and I go again because it's Halo and it's fun. And you get your Halo fucking moments in where some crazy shit happens. And in this game, they open it up for all sorts of madness. That grapple shot thing, in, and uh, with the physics that already existed in Halo, like, we've all been, if we played Halo before in the past, we've all had moments where it's like, holy shit, somebody discovered that you could throw a grenade on a gun and blow it towards you and pick that shit up midair, or a grenade hitting another grenade, which then sticks a fucking player, and, like, all the crazy nonsense that happens in the physics of the Halo universe. They took all of that, made them core aspects of this gameplay, and the shit that you can do is just fucking nuts. I, I, I hope that a grassroots into large esports scene grows for this, because really good Halo players in Infinite are going to be doing some uncanny shit. It, like, really crazy shit. The game is a sandbox that allows you to do some unbelievable things. So, I've had a lot of fun with it. I'm terrible fucking like to the point where i'm a little depressed about it because i used to be okay at halo and now i'm terrible at halo um i would say that the biggest problem and this is where we'll talk about the negatives and you'll have seen it on the internet in fact on twitter it, it was trending not just in gaming it trended 
Twitter period was Battle Pass. And the game that that was attached to was Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite's Battle Pass is by far the worst thing about the entire game. And thankfully, it doesn't actually give you anything but, like, visual shit. It has nothing that's going to help you in the game. But it is incredibly frustrating, and they've already started to make some changes. So, the core problem with the Battle Pass is that it levels up slower than any Battle Pass I've ever seen in my life. I estimated that even if you were trying to be relatively efficient, you're looking at nearly 200 plus hours to get the entire 100 levels of the Battle Pass. Uh, which means you can play 10 hours of fucking Halo Infinite and hit, like, level 4 on the Battle Pass. And you're not unlocking really anything in those first four levels. So if you're feeling a progression is zero, uh, which, you know, you didn't need to worry about back in the day when Halo was really at its peak because people weren't conditioned to need some sort of feeling of progression. But if you're going to put a battle pass in a game and it's the year 2021, people are conditioned for progressive feeling. They like, they're getting something out of each and every game that they're playing. Uh, and they don't do a good job of that right now. A big problem with that is that you're barely getting experience for completing games or playing it the, the way that you want to. You get the most experience in your challenges that they provide you that are daily and weekly, and they tell you to do specific shit to do it. Some of it is really hard to do. They also dialed it back a bit on on terms of uh, how difficult some of these challenges were. So you're not getting experience for playing the game the way you want to play it. You have to play the game the way that they're telling you to play it to level up this incredibly slow battle pass. What did that involve? Well, unfortunately, what it means is that Because people want to get access to the stuff that's on the Battle Pass, especially if they're paying money for the Battle Pass and still have to level it to unlock the shit, you're going into matches and people aren't playing the objective. People are playing the Battle Pass. So they go into a game and the Battle Pass has said, you gotta use the Repulsor fucking equipment to knock a motherfucker off the map. Okay, well, there's only a couple maps in which you can actually do that. And there's only a couple spots of those maps where you can make that happen. So you got people that aren't playing the objective, they're sitting in a corner somewhere waiting for an enemy. Yeah, that's bad. And so you're getting experiences where nobody's playing the actual game because they're so focused on progressing the battle pass because it's so slow and the only way you can do it is by doing it the way the game tells you to play it. So that's a really huge issue that they're currently working on. They've already implemented some fixes to like speed it up, but I think they're going to need an entire fucking overhaul. I don't think you salvage it. The problem is stuff like this takes months for a fucking studio to redo, and so it's unlikely to be changed in appreciable ways, but we've gotten at least a little bit out of them here in the last 24 hours, and they are paying attention. They understand it's bad, and they're working on that. Uh, another thing is that uh, that I take issue with is that while I appreciate the level of detail in the armor sets in terms of how many different customizable pieces, you know, your shoulder pads, your gloves, your base armor set, your fucking helmet, the visor, a thing on top of the visor, you've got all sorts of shit to customize your Spartan to make it look the way you want. It's just similar to Forza Horizon 5 now in other games. If you're somebody that wants, whether you have one in real life, you want it represented in the game, or maybe you just have a story for your character in the game, prosthetics, legs, arms can be prosthetics in the game as well. All sorts of customization options. But the color system is dog shit, unfortunately. They sell you, or you unlock, uh, color palettes that color the armor in certain ways, and you cannot change the individual colors of individual pieces of your armor set. Not even the base color of the armor. So the the color set includes the base color of the armor. So you can't, like, buy a color set and then say, I want my base armor to be, uh, you know, dark green, like the traditional halo color. But then I want this this color set to be on top of that base. No. The color set comes with the base color. So you have 
The only control over the color of your Spartan is the entire color set. No more granularity to it. Which means, unless you can find a color set that you actually like, you're kind of fucked. So there are several color sets that I think are kind of cool, but there are pieces of the color set that I don't like at all. Like there's an all an almost all white set that I wear on on the uh, armor set that I that I picked up, but it's got a blue highlight on it that I fucking hate and I want to change the color to, but I can't. And in previous Halo games, you had way more control over the various elements of your armor to be able to color them. And there are other games that have done customization much better. So I would prefer them to, if possible, have it so that maybe they do sell you those color sets. But instead of the whole color set being the unlockable, make it similar to something like Guild Wars 2, where the dyes, the colors themselves, are unlockable and special. And then you can apply those rare colors to the parts of your armor that you want to make the Spartan look the way you want. Because right now, everyone looking the fucking samesies. And there's not much you can do about it, because you could have different armor, but if the color set's the same, everyone just kind of looks like the same fucking thing. Like, you're getting variations, but not much, because you can't choose those colors. So, those two things are the primary non-gameplay things that people are complaining about, with the Battle Pass being by far the worst. But thankfully, that doesn't take away from the fun of the game. You get into the game, it's fucking Halo, and it's awesome. Some people complain a bit about the time to kill. I agree that in some spots, it's a little bit silly. Uh, but it's also Halo, and it's always been long, uh, and I need to play more of it to really get a grasp on it, but I do feel like some weapons could use some some balancing, for sure, in terms of doing a little bit more damage or a little bit less. But overall, really fun. Enjoyed myself. Haven't done ranked yet. I'm probably going to friggin' kill myself a play ranked because I'm so bad, uh, but you can hop in and have some fun, and I highly suggest anyone that's a Halo fan or... If you're just interested in trying Halo, this is the most modernized version of Halo I think they've ever done, and they've nailed it. If you've played Battlefield, or Vanguard out of Call of Duty, or Warzone, and you know how broken all of those fucking games are, and you just want to turn on a multiplayer shooter and have it be the least broken of all of them by a large margin, you are going to experience the least number of issues. Turning on Halo Infinite. You're going to hop in, you're going to get games quick, and you're not going to be crashing every three seconds. You're not going to be having performance issues. Shit's not going to be falling apart. Thankfully, it's not been loaded with hackers yet. We have to wait for that day to come. I'm sure it's coming, but it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) And so, there it is. That's my initial 20 hours with Halo Infinite. I can't wait to hear what you say as well, because you were playing as much Halo as I was back in the day, and we both stepped away from it for quite some time. So, it'll be interesting what your thoughts are. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll have thoughts for next week. Absolutely. And that's it for games. It's time it. to sell out, Mr. Black. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there. Throw some money at the screen. We still going. We still, we still doing our thing. Uh, we got Elgato. If you don't already got the face cam, time to pick one up. It's the holiday season, guys, which means it's time to pick up a friend, a loved one, a gift. And why not? Give the gift that keeps on giving. And that is the Elgato face cam or the stream deck or the key light or the green screen or the capture card. I mean, it goes on and on and on or a wave three microphone. Maybe it's the wave XLR. Who knows? I do know one thing. Link is in the description below. Head on over there and take advantage of it and hook a loved one up, a friend up with some dope, Hardware. Also, it's that time of year, guys. It's that time where we rally together and we get some NordVPN subscriptions. It's that time. 
NordVPN.com slash OTT. Use the promo code OTT. Get a big-ass discount and get some bonus months when you get a two-year subscription. Stay safe. Stay anonymous. Watch different regions of Netflix so you can watch all your holiday favorites this holiday season. You know, watch different regions of, of Twitter and, 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 and YouTube videos that just kind of region block your ass because for whatever reason, they don't want you watching in that country, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Bypass that with NordVPN. Having a, tr- having a hard time connecting to a specific service? You know, something, something messy is going on with your, I- with, your, with your IP? Mask it. Be, be, be part of a different... You can't travel? It's COVID? Get your travel on through NordVPN. Travel to a different state, a different Put country. your green screen up behind you. Pretend you're in Tijuana. Why not? Why not? And you stay in safe and anonymous all at the same time. It's a win-win. And when you get a subscription, it's a win-win-win because we win as well. And the sponsor wins and you win. Everybody just walks away a winner. Who doesn't like that? NordVPN.com slash OTT. Use that promo code OTT right now. It's time to re-up, guys. It's the end of the year. We got to put in numbers. We got to put in numbers. It's time, team. It's time. We're trying to get another, we're trying to get another contract, all right? Time crunch. Time crunch. It's, let, let's, let's make it happen, guys. Let's make it happen. It's gut check time. That's it. Now it's time for... Movies and TV. X-Men 97. If I say that out loud, if you're old enough, you're already thinking of the uh, intro music right now. It's coming back for new episodes in 2023 on Disney+. Plus. Bringing back, of course, I think as many cast members as they get their hands on, including, fun fact, a random member of parliament from Nova Scotia. Lenora Zahn is reprising her role as Rogue. <laughs> okay. I didn't know this. She's done her Rogue's voice in many games, many shows. Uh, she's done some acting on the side, and then she decided to just go back home and do member, you know, MP shit. Cumberland County, Mr. Black. Okay. <laughs> what, a <laughs> what a life. What a life. Yeah, Mark, Mark, yeah, Mark is going to know who it is because, yeah, that's her. Yes. Yes, yes, Mark. You videotape from the room. Yeah, she was in MLA as well. Yeah, yeah, that's her. So uh, anyway, yeah, I saw that. I, at first I was like, man, you can't... Hopefully they do it the same art style. I don't want a new fancy art style. I want 90s cartoon art style. Don't fuck with like this weird modern computer animated kind of like fucker. No, stop it. Unless it's going to look like the 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 League of Legends one that's uh, right now on Netflix, because that, that art style is fire. See, unless you're going to go that far, don't be giving me this other weird shit. And then you better make sure that's the original fucking soundtrack, too. I want to turn that episode on, and I want to listen to every time Netflix is going to say, do you want to skip the intro? I'm going to say, go fuck yourself, because I want to hear... Every time. It's a good theme song. It's fucking fire. This will get you happy, Mr. Black, unless, of course, it turns out being a, another live-action mix like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Jip, uh, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, getting an original movie for Disney Plus in 2022. All right. That's either going to go well, because it's Chip and Dale, or they're going to do live-action, and it's going to be fucking atrocious. Mm. I don't think there's middle ground there. I don't, think that, I don't think that movie gets to hit mediocrity. I think it's either going to be great or terrible. But also, fire intro. That better be in that movie as well. Oh, it better be. (laughs) 
Uh, Halo as well! Everyone's getting a TV show. Halo! Finally getting a TV show. Teaser was shown off uh, at that same event that they announced Halo's multiplayer back on Monday. Uh, it's coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. That's actually sooner than I would have thought. So that means that, that that shit's been in the works for uh, some period of time anyway. And now everyone's hoping, just like everything else we've just listed, please don't suck. Predictions right now, Mr. Black. Halo and Paramount Plus. Does it suck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, fair. Bad. I mean, Paramount only has like three shows on it, and four of them is Bar Rescue. So, what are the odds that the Bar Rescue guy is a uh, cameo appearance appearance in the it, Halo if, show? If they said it was Halo going on H- HBO Max, I'd be like, okay, you, you piqued my interest. Halo going on Paramount Plus or Peacock or any of those other <laughs> side streaming services? It's bad news. Very bad news. <laughs> it's bad news. It's not good. <laughs> It's really not good. Uh, <laughs> I remember I remember when Paramount first came out as a, as a, a TV channel. Uh, it was only a couple of years ago, like a few years ago or whatever. And I, I had it on, on, on my uh, package, my cable package. And I'd be watching it because I, I got addicted to watching Bar Rescue because it was like the best, worst fucking reality television I've ever seen in my life. Just hideously scripted, horrible show. But, but like a dumpster fire, you can't look away. So I was watching it and there was nothing for them to advertise so in between and there was an advertising break no joke every four minutes there was four minutes of fucking television and eight minutes of of ads and there were no traditional ads this wasn't them selling you facial tissue or car insurance this was all ads for paramount shows but the trick is there was only like three shows so you got eight minutes of the same three commercials for bar rescue Ink Masters and one other show that I can't fucking remember the name of. And and that was it. Eight minutes like a fucking advertisements. And then you get four more minutes of him screaming at people in a bar. Rip. But I watched it. Rip. I, I, I can't I can't say I I couldn't say at the time that I didn't have a lot of time on my hands. Uh <laughs> Ridley Scott has confirmed, and this should make you uh, either happy or scared, the script for Gladiator 2 is done and dusted, Mr. Black. We're getting another gladiator. Uh, I can't remember. They said I meant to put it in the notes who this is, fo- what character this is focusing on. But it's a bit of a time, a time travel piece where uh, we're time jumping. I can't remember if it's going backwards or forwards, but well, all the same, Gladiator Two done and dusted. Ridley Scott putting that bitch out there. Uh, it'll be twenty thirty two by the time that shit comes out. I'm sure, but it's happening. And finally, The Rock posted this week that he wants to be the next James Bond, Mister Black. No! Not, he said, not a Bond villain, because it's not good enough. If you're going to be in a Bond movie, you got to be Bond, and I want to be Bond, he said. No. <laughs> no. Stop. You know, the first thing I thought of was it would no longer be a martini that was shaken, not stirred. Oh, no. <laughs> no, hell no. It'll be fucking tequila <laughs> on the rocks. Terramana. <laughs> Fuck all that noise. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> that would be the first thing changed. No, it wouldn't be because people wouldn't have it, man. You, you know, you know, you know the Bond, the Bond fanboys and fangirls out there would lose their collective fucking minds if if Bond oh. went up and said he wants tequila on the rocks, heard <laughs> not shaken. I I mean the the world would it would be no. 
Um, you know what The Rock said? The Rock said, um, he said his grandfather actually played a Bond villain. Yes, uh, not the main Bond ago. villain, no, I don't think, but like a, like a side, a side villain. villain. Yes. And he was like, you know, I want to, you know, keep it, you know, keep it in the family and, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to play a villain, but I'll play Bond, right? He's like, I, I ain't, I ain't no villain, but it's I will rock. He's Bond. always shooting for the top, right? Hey, uh, listen, again. listen, listen, listen. No. <laughs> I don't care how big the rock the rock is literally the biggest movie star in the world. There is nobody bigger than him. He's bigger than Tom Cruise physically he's, and otherwise. Yeah, he's bigger he's bigger than Denzel Washington, he's bigger than Leonardo DiCaprio, he's bigger than all of them physically and box office wise. He is the goat right now and has been for some time. And I foresee him staying in that position for some more time. Um, there is a 0% chance <laughs> that MGM <laughs> agrees to make The Rock a Bond. It's not happening. Oh, it's, can you it's, imagine? It's never going to happen because here's oh. the thing. The Bond is already a billion dollar franchise, right? They, they, release, yeah, they don't need help. They don't need The Rock, right? No. That, you know, you, you, you put The Rock into these positions when you need The Rock to like, you know, Lift Fast you and up. the Furious type thing. Bring those box office numbers up, you know, create a new element. Nobody's asking for that. I can quite literally think of 10 different bonds way before the rock. Like the rock is, you know, how do you, how, how does, how does a bond villain or even some sort of henchman fight the rock? And, and you, and you think to yourself, the With rock guns. is, the, the rock is in trouble here. You know what I'm saying? Like it's guns only. There yeah, is, like, there is no. There, you can't. You can't. You can't have hand-to-hand combats with this guy and him actually get fucked up. It's just. It's just not believable. Well, right? first of all, he put in his waiver that he's not allowed to get fucked up. That so. too. Right. The thing is, <laughs> what made Daniel Craig's bond so great? He is, got fucked up. He got fucked up. Like he was <laughs> run down. He was tired. He was angry. He had a chip on his shoulder. He's. He was seasoned. He's been through it all. He's over it. You know, he's vulnerable. He barely gets through every fight that he's in. Yes. And like, that's what makes, that's what made Daniel Craig alongside many other things. That's what made him great. The rock. I just don't buy it, man. I just don't buy it. I don't want to see him there stay the clear away from that shit. That is the last <laughs> thing I need right now. I will never watch. I I'm telling you right now, if he ever became bond, I'm never watching it. I, I, I have zero and a half interest. And seeing The Rock in a fucking 6XL tuxedo, uh, banging women, drinking tequila, and trying to act suave all at the same time. All right? All right? It's just, you know, he's not wearing the Omega watch. He's not wearing the fucking tailored suit. He ain't, he ain't banging the hot chick, and he ain't getting tequila on The Rocks. It, it, I'm sorry, Rock. It ain't happening. Tom Ford doesn't have enough fucking material in his closet to make a suit that fits The Rock. Nah, bro. If I and if I if I ever saw Bond do a rock bottom on somebody, I am out, man. I'm just I'm out. I'm sorry. James Bond in is fairness just too- to the Rock. I haven't seen a rock movie in a hot minute where he's he's delivered the rock bottom. Thank they get away they get away from from delivering the rock bottom after I think the first Fast and the Furious movie that he did with them. I think they he delivered one there, and I think he's been. Yeah, no. I think he's um, been stepping away from it. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, Rock. Sorry, Rock. That ain't. That's wishful thinking, you know, 
You can give it, that it to, is. you know, if, if they come and they say, hey, you know, uh, Henry Cavill's the next Bond, I'm in. Right. I don't want to see him as a villain either. I don't no, want to Rock- see him in a Bond movie at all. No, he ain't going to be. Dude, The Rock not, not being the star of the show ain't never happening. It ain't never. And him being portrayed in a bad light ain't never happening. I'm going to tell you that right now. He ain't doing that shit. He's got his, you know. Case happened. in point, I watched Red Notice or Red Note or whatever the fuck it is called uh, last night. Uh, him and, and Ryan Reynolds and, and Gal Gadot uh, last night. Uh, I think you said you watched it. Uh, I didn't, didn't see it. No, no I've, see been, it? I've been kind of procrastinating it. I heard it was it was it's meh. it's a seven. It's yeah. exactly what you would expect. Like there's there, there's few surprises. I'm not going to say there's no surprises, but there's few surprises. And it's exactly what you would expect. It's a seven. It's an entertaining watch. You could do worse. Like, there are worse choices that you could make in, in, in what movie you're going to watch that night. Uh, I'd, give it, I'd give it a seven on the entertainment value for sure. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. There's nothing to talk about but to say that it is what it is. Uh, but it's entertaining enough. It's like a seven. It's, uh, it's just kind of, it, it, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's like a popcorn movie. Like, like any of these action films are all popcorn movies. Like none of them are turning over. I also watched, um, I also watched coincidentally, no time to die. Oh, did you like it? Um, I would also give it a seven different reason, different, different reasons, uh, different reasons as to why I would give it a seven. Um, but it's a good seven in that, like, I know why it's, it's that because for me, for a Bond movie, it's just because of what they did within this Bond movie that I would have rated it higher if they didn't do the things, but I understand why they didn't do them. So without spoiling shit, um, I would say that like the majority of why that it wasn't further up is because of, of the minefield that they had to hop around with the fact that this was Craig's last Bond movie. So there were some decisions made very clearly about the formula of this movie that kind of runs, runs counter to the traditional Bond flick because it is Craig's last movie. So in a traditional Bond movie, you would, you, you don't really, even in Craig's, which you, which they spend a little bit more time on fleshing out Bond as a, as a person. A Bond movie's formula is generally he- more heavily weighted towards the Bond villain because you already know what you're getting with Bond. You you know James Bond is a character. You know what James Bond is capable of. We don't need to be told about these things. You get into the movie, and the entire movie is building up the villain and Bond toppling said villain while banging some women on the side. Like, that's... And at least one time in the movie, he's having a martini. Like, that that's the Bond formula. This movie... Because it's Craig's last, they flipped it a bit where the movie was more about Bond and less about the Bond villain. Which, when I first saw the trailers for it, I saw Rami Malek, I was like, oh, that's great, because Rami Malek's a really good actor, and I thought, perfect choice for a Bond villain. Uh, he's probably going to crush it, and it's not that he didn't, but because of how they how the formula of this movie, it uh, it didn't give him as much time to kind of develop as the, as the villain that I would have perhaps liked yeah. But I understand why they made the choice. Yeah. Yeah. For what I mean, it had to be to end for for him for what it had to be to end Daniel Craig's run. Two thumbs up. I enjoyed it for sure. I would watch it again if that's any consolation. 
Um, it was probably pretty close to an 8. Maybe I would give it a 7.5. Uh, but uh, but because of, of the re- those reasons, and that's as close as I can get without spoiling shit, that's how... That's how it came out. But fuck me. At the end, I was almost a little sad because Craig's been Bond for like half of my life. 2006 was the start of uh, of his run. You know, 15 fucking years is a long time uh, to have somebody in that in that role. And uh, and so, man, you know what? Daniel Craig fucking I, I, I applaud 15 years of, of valiant Bond service because he pretty much crushed every one of those films as much as you could crush a, a fucking James Bond film uh, film in the first place. So somewhere around seven, seven and a half, but for reasons I understand as to why it, for me, it is a Bond film. If I, if I said it wasn't a Bond film, it's probably more like an eight, eight and a half, but because I have a certain formula in mind for Bond films and they couldn't follow that for this film, it just got knocked down a little bit. That's it. That's all. Uh, makes sense. I don't know. I don't. I don't disagree with it. I mean, I. I don't know what I, if I already gave it a rating here, but if I had to give one, it'd probably be an eight and a half, uh, for me. Um, and, and I thought the villain was the weakest part. Um, yeah. It. It. He. The. The. It was. I think it was the worst villain in the last like three movies or so. Um, the actor absolutely incredible, but and it's not like he did a bad job. It's just he didn't have. The focus a just sh- wasn't the villain. Yeah, he didn't have a shit ton to work with. Uh, no. Was, you know, was, it was wrapping up uh, Daniel Craig's Bond, Bond's yeah. journey. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, and I mean, I left the movie... I left the movie kind of like... I left the movie understanding why things happened the way they happened, but then I also left it kind of like disappointed a little bit um but at the same time happy it was a weird it's a weird a weird thing it was uh i guess it's kind of hard to like how else would they have done it i guess it's like the thing is like how well how else and so when i thought of it that way that's when i was like i understood i was like okay you know what yeah you know there's there's they're in a lose-lose situation there's there's really very few ways they could do it that's not going to be partially disappointing right yeah yeah. So anyway, oh, I, I I enjoyed it. I think I probably enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but I also did see it in IMAX. So like, you know, that might have added my because uh, there was oh, some beautiful fucking. Oh, uh, some, some of the gorgeous, action and stuff was fucking fantastic, scenes, man. Yeah, like oh, that fantastic. one. That one thing when he was at um, um, and it's not a spoiler or anything, guys. But there was he was with a chick. Um, she was wearing a dress. Uh, man, that was man. She was, you know, she, when she got when she got it's down, the Bond girl, man. It wasn't even it wasn't even the 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 main Bond girl that was in there like the black no, chick. No, it was it was it was the other one that he was on the date with. Well, the traditional uh, Bond the girl. Traditional Bond girl, and that <laughs> yes. that was you know she she had she stole that entire sequence. That was that was dope. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see. I guarantee you, The Rock will not be the next Bond. Uh, that is <laughs> definitely not going to happen. Um. I low key hope it's uh Henry Cavill. Um. Or even more, I want to see. Um, I want to see. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Hardy. I want to see Hardy. I'd, I'd be. I'd be okay with either. I think I would prefer Hardy over, over Cavill. Yeah. I. I would fucks with Tom Hardy being a Bond. I think he would do a really good job. 
I think he's enough of a movie star that like, you know, he'll bring, he'll put asses in the seats. He's a great actor and he's got that rough around the edges look to him. Um, you know, he's an, he's, 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 I do believe he's from England. Um, well, I guess the, I guess some of what it comes down to is what version of Bond are they going to do for the next version? Because we got 15 years of this Daniel Craig style. So do they continue that or do they change, do they change the style up? Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're going to get a similar style Bond. I don't think we're going to go back to this almost, uh, borderline, you know, um, almost cheesy Bond. Like, uh, I don't think we're going back. I think this is just the more realistic, um, rough around the edges bond is probably what we'll be we'll be getting i mean i'd love i'd love it if they if they made idris elba bond but he already said like it's just not happening so um and he's probably a little bit too old at this point too um because if they're gonna want him for you know the next 10 to 15 years um it might be a bit tough so you know if i if i if i had to pick somebody i think tom hardy would would do a great job um as as bond and uh yeah, he's probably my number one pick. Who who I would like uh, who I would like to see. Yeah, I think Hardy. I think Hardy is probably of those two. I would I would go with, uh, with with Hardy. I'm sure if I sat down and really thought about it, I might come up with a couple of other choices. But I think of those two, Hardy is definitely the one I'd rather go with. I think I think Cavill is honestly as stupid as it sounds. I think Cavill's just too big of a guy. Yeah, he might be. He might he's be. Just, he's just too physical. Like Bond, in my mind, fits of uh, like uh, Bond is like Bond is the is, and the reason why I think Bond is like marginally successful is that is that Bond is like a a suave, but like the everyman, where he's yeah. like six foot, he's five ten to six foot one in that like fucking pocket. You know, he's one hundred and eighty five pounds, one hundred ninety pounds. You know, he's not some juiced up fucking you know gym monkey. Uh, you know, he has to fit the suit, you know, well, everything has to fit well, but he's got to fit in these tuckers. Like, can you imagine Henry Cavill driving around in like old Austin Martins? Cause I can't, I, I'd fuck with Richard <laughs> Madden as well, man. Richard Madden. Oh, we from, talked about uh, him before from game of Thrones, right? I think he would be, I think we he talked would, about him he, before. Yeah. I think he would be a great, uh, a great bond. And he played in that show that, that we watched years ago. And it, it was like, um, it was a, uh, like a limited series. Uh, I forget it was called like maybe the the bodyguard or the. It was uh, on Netflix, dude. Right? That show that show was fire. That was he really good. Had, yeah. He kind of had a Bond type feel to him. Uh, but I think I think Richard Madden's got the look. He's got the jawline. Um, you know, he's he's from that side of the pond. Um, I think he'd be great. I mean, Henry Cavill's got the face too. He's got the jawline. He's got the yeah, look. but he's like six two, two hundred and fifty pounds. He definitely is <laughs> big. And that's so, his nat- like his natural like he's like if you watch his older movies or whatever like Henry Cavill's old movies even before he got really big for Superman he's yeah. naturally a husky guy to begin with yeah and and so there's only so much like slimming down for Bond that Henry Cavill's going to be able to 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 pull off I, right I'd fucks with Tom Hiddleston as well I mean I think he could do a, a Bond as well but I, he'd be on the lower end of the list I think Tom Hardy uh, or Henry Cavill. Or Richard Madden. I'm now that I really think about it, I think Richard Madden's the guy, man. Well, Richard Richard Madden is like the most. If you like, guy. took a picture of James Bond and it was amalgamation of a bunch of different like white dude faces. Like that's who you're gonna get. Yeah, is like he looks the most. Yeah, like Bond of all of them. And then and then I think like as far as 
it's as the other be two tom go holland isn't it better not be tom holland oh my god tom stop, stop the no. madness stop the madness pain yeah pain but yeah i would definitely i would def for the look alone and the fact that we know that he's a good actor on top of that richard yeah. madden's probably the front runner then i would say tom hardy of the two that you chose before and i don't know if i necessarily need to see henry cavill driving around in a fucking austin Martin with his head bent over because the roof line's too fucking low yeah it, i mean it's either this it's either it's either gonna go with like a, a richard madden type uh tom holland type or they're gonna go really young and we get we get a we get a bond that like and when I say really young, I don't mean Tom Holland, but I mean like, uh, <laughs> you know, we get a young Bond, like uh, yeah. Timothy uh, Chalamet, the guy that's uh, uh, is the main in uh, in Dune. Um, oh, yeah. he's, got, he's got that look as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, if 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 they went that route and we got to know uh, like an origin almost of a Bond, has his brought up in his family where he comes from and then sort of being seduced into or being forced into this line of work and then and then having a series go through that and kind of having this character age over the next 10 15 years I'd be interested in that too uh but you know, you know what just prior to him becoming batman I would have been semi okay with Robert Pattinson being bond as well yeah yeah, but you can't do Batman and Bond. You just can't. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. like probably like you don't get you know, yeah. That's like having your cake and eating it too. You can't fucking yeah. double dip. But like that's why I say prior to being Batman, I would have been, I would have also put Pattinson on um on my list because for the same reasons, he's got the accent already. Obviously, he's that you know he's that side of uh, of the pond. He's got the crazy ass jawline for the Bond role. He's in that that had that height range. You could put a little weight on him. He's gonna look really good in a fucking suit. You know, yep. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that uh, he would have been a good choice. But no, he actually, he, I don't know. What's, what's, better to, what's better to be? Is it better to be Batman or better to be Bond? Or is it an equal dub? Are they both, are they both, is one a lowercase dub and one's an uppercase dub? I honestly think, personally, I think uh, Bond is probably the, the more, Because the you tend role. to get it for longer, right? Like, Bond seems to be a longer role than Batman. Well, I mean, Batman and comic book fans are very finicky, right? So, like, it's it's one of those things where, as Batman, you could be swapped out in a year or two, right? Uh, with Bond, they're, they're going to they're gonna sign, like, you know, five, six movie deal. Most of the time, that's what it is when, you're, when you play Batman as well, but, like, the audience decides... The thing is, with when it comes to Bond, it's like they're sort of in their own realm. The the audience doesn't really get a say. It's just like we're gonna create Bond. You know, Bond is like one of those franchises I find, and it is um, it's ran by the family that like yeah. made Bond, and so they don't like yeah they answer to to you know to to the hierarchy to a degree, but like they're not controlled. They ultimately gonna like you. Yeah, like they 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 they're they're gonna have. I just find as an actor from, from looking out, I think that there's more. Um, I, I think you're gonna get more out of it as an actor. Not only are you gonna have more of a range of what you what you what you're capable of as an actor than what you would in Batman, but you're gonna be respected more. You're gonna have o Oscar opportunities. You're still gonna get paid like you know, like you're like you're doing Marvel movies. Um, especially if it becomes billion dollar, billion dollar oh, movies, yeah. like Daniel Craig is making like $50 million a movie right now. Now he's doing night, you know, knives out, you know, he's like, I'm done with all this action <laughs> shit. We talked now about how he's already won with knives yeah. out. So I think, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Taron Etterton guy. I haven't seen him in a movie mm. in a hot minute. 
But that guy, um, that guy pretty much already played Bond like in Kingsman. He kind of played like a young Bond. He's got that look too. He's he's definitely got the Oh right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would do he would he would do great. Um there is um rumor that I've heard that uh Taron Etcherton, I think I'm pronouncing his right uh, name right. Um there's rumor he's gonna be the next Wolverine. I can see that too. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is like this is going around in Hollywood right now that like uh he could be the next the next Wolverine. He's young enough that um we will we will see what happens, but um I, I'd be down for that as well. Because I, I really don't want to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine anymore, to be to be frank. I don't know if Hugh Jackman wants to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine yeah, anymore like, at this uh, point. Like there's even uh yeah, anyway, anyway. Yeah, there's a there's been there's been a bunch of rumors about that. Um I actually think we are going to see Hugh Jackman in another movie. Uh in, He's in literally the, dead. Come on. I think I think we're going to see him because of the multiverse and all this other shit and X-Men yeah, are coming in. Yeah. I think he will be the one that'll come in and and uh, and basically pave the way for the new X-Men. And then he'll he'll you know be out of there. I think he'll be gone. I think he'll right. he'll make the. I mean, put, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love me Hugh Jackman. It's impossible to hate Hugh Jackman. The guy is a fucking the guy is a god. But like, yeah. let the poor man rest. The dude's been on roids for so many years trying to carry that fucking frame around. Yeah, just let the man let the man sleep for God's sake. Uh, I mean, for, they they like they. I get that he is going to be used for, like, a tie-in and whatnot, but they already gave his character or his portrayal of Wolverine, like, the only send-off I can think of that was better than his, and that's only because he actually passed away in real life, was was Paul in Fast and the Furious, like, in terms of the character send-off. And that was only because I think it was tied to the fact that he died in, like, real life, whereas this send-off with Wolverine was, like, you you couldn't ask for more. Yeah, it's the show. It's so it show. was kind of like I get it, but at the same time you're like, oh fuck, we just fuck, we've just yeah. let him be, poor man. Uh, and that's it for movies and TV. Unless you got anything else, that's uh oh, well, just very briefly because I don't really have much to say about because I only saw one episode. Watch the first episode of the Tiger King, season two. Oh yeah, yeah. Kayla and I were gonna start that tonight. Yeah, watched one episode. M hates every second of that show, and so oh, I don't man. know if I'm gonna be able to pull it off. But I'm gonna do I my don't. best. I'm yeah, gonna call in as many favors as possible to watch the Tiger King. <laughs> it's like she really fucking hates that show. I don't blame her, man. That shit's a hot fucking mess. And I'm sure season two <laughs> is fucking hot garbage, man. I'm sure it is, bro. But it's we'll like, see. like, because the thing about season two is like we we watched season one together too, and she made it through. But at the end, she was like, I, I, she was like, I just hate people now. Like she's like, watch the show. She's like, I just fucking hate people. And then season two starts over this show, and you're like. Man, those people I already didn't like, but now I really don't like, <laughs> really yeah. don't like them. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll do my best to keep watching it, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll get some updates on the Tiger King for the podcast as time goes on, uh, and uh, see how it goes. But now it's time for X support. Patreon.com/slash/lagtv is the place to go if you want to financially support this podcast to keep the train moving in the right direction. Uh, many of you have been uh, sticking it out for a long time. We really appreciate that. And if you want to uh, get in and ask us some questions each and every week, $10 or more a month, we'll do exactly that. So head on over to patreon.com slash lag TV to be able to participate. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, we already talked about that. Time tricks, I'll just say, because you'll know what you asked for. We already talked about that podcast before. Um, <laughs> Coincidentally, Logan asking, if you could own one exotic pet or animal, what would they be and why? <laughs> one exotic pet or animal. Um... Jeez. I would say... I'm going to say a monkey. Mm, oh, you're going to be I that mean, guy. Yeah, I mean, a little tiny little tiny monkey that, you know, not like a like a chimp or anything like that. I'm not talking that's going like, to tear your arm off. Yeah, yeah. Some, you know, like one of those little <laughs> small monkeys that, like, you know, Captain Hook had running around. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's kind of mischievous, a little bit of a, you know, pain in the ass, but funny, you know. <laughs> I I I I would fuck like a small child, a pain in the ass. You know, you keep it around. You know, kind of funny though. Yeah, I think that'd be fun, and like you can interact with it, take it places. It will kind of listen. You know, that was actually my answer too. So unfortunately, I get to co-op that. Um. Uh. Oh. Okay, well, I'll I'll narrow it I'll narrow it down, since we've answered parts of this before. First of all, Dapier, that's a terrible dad joke. Uh, I can see Mr. Miyagi is already like that. I'm gonna guess it was him. But amazing dad jokes aside, if you could master one, I'm gonna narrow it down to just this part. Uh, if you could uh, master one martial art, what would you choose? Uh, one martial art. I'm going, I'm going with boxing. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm going with boxing. I, I'm, I'm going to go kickboxing. Either one. You know, just so I can use my feet as well. Yeah. The, you know, uh, most people would probably try and say like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or some shit because it gives you a little bit of stand-up and a lot of groundwork. And, and when a fight goes to the ground, normally it's bad news. But here's the reality of real life fights, right? If you've ever been out downtown and you've seen actual fights happening... Um, it rarely happens between one person and one other person It's like, uh, usually there's friends involved and the moment you go down, it don't matter how good fucking Brazilian jujitsu your ass is. You've already lost <laughs> because unless your friends are there in time to save your ass. Yeah. You're done, done. Man. Kickboxing. It at least give you a chance. Um, so I'd just be real good with my hands and feet, yeah, you know, kickboxing or just boxing, either one. Just good to stand up because the moment you feel like this is going to go to the ground, you shouldn't even be in that situation. But if you're good with your hands, you can already stop a fight before it goes to the ground. If, you, if you've watched any online videos of watching you know, dudes trying to pick fights and the other person's a boxer, the fight never goes to the ground uh, no. outside of the fact that they're the ones going to the ground. Yeah. Because they get punched once. And that's it. And that's the show. You're yeah. you're you're done and you're done and done done. Um, but like you know, that's that's yeah, that's about it. Um, uh, Jorbach asks, I like uh, I like to get a treat for movie nights. We've heard your favorites before for treats, but what uh, what's a food you wish was easier to get in a theater? Easier to get into a theater, um. Or, or maybe even one that you could get at a theater, like not necessarily sneak in, but like what's something that you you, you wish because they, they don't sell normally that you might be able to 
get your hands on? Um, <laughs> don't say movie theater sushi. I would be very upset about no, movie theater no, sushi. No. I, I don't really. I wouldn't want to bring sushi into a movie theater anyway. Honestly, like they have everything that I that I ever get. Like when I go to the movie theater, I usually get a, a pulled pork poutine and mm. a small uh, popcorn with dill pickle seasoning, and that's the show. Uh, that's what I get every time. If I already had dinner, um, so say I'm like going to a seven o'clock show or something, I'm just like not super hungry. Then I'm 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 taking Sour Patch Kids with me, um, which they normally don't sell in the theater, so I'll stop at the gas station. Um, and then I'll still get my small popcorn and, um, and seasoning. And, uh, you know, the trick is right now also is like, I've been to the theater twice, maybe three times in the last, uh, three months. Um, and they, they have like, uh, like social distancing and stuff, um, between the seats. So like you'll sit in one and then there's usually like two seats two or three seats and then there's somebody else. Although the last movie I saw, we were pretty much all sitting by each other. They didn't really. Um, but the reason why I also get popcorn now as well, make sure is you don't have to wear your mask while you're eating. So like, you know, I'll have my mask down and I'm just like slowly picking out my popcorn, the whole movie. Right. So that I can fucking breathe. Um, so like, it's a good excuse to like, cause you're supposed to have your mask on if you're not eating, but I'll tell you right now, like if you look around, 90% of the people in there are not, you know, don't have their masks on, uh, which I don't care. I mean, everybody has to show proof of vaccination. So, like, I, I, you know, I don't even know why we're wearing masks in the first. I mean, I know why, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get out of, I'm not going to be like, yo, guy over there, put your mask on. We're all fucking vaccinated. Like, I don't, you know, it is what it is, right? So, um, definitely take the popcorn in just so that I can have my mask down and I just, like, you know, pick at it throughout the whole movie. That's my jam right now. Yeah, I don't know. I think most of what they got in there, at least in our theaters, covers the basis of any kind of food that I'd want to get in there. And the yeah. problem with it is that, like, once the lights go down, you got to be real particular what food you're eating because there's only certain foods that you can eat comfortably in the dark. Yeah. Uh, and a poutine's pushing it. You better be done that poutine before the lights go down. It is. It or is. Or you're because, fucked. Like, yeah, because I, I never <laughs> go to the movies, like, last minute. So I go in, you know it's usually like five, 10 minutes before the preview start. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I wolf my food anyway. So literally by the time the previews are up, I'm, I'm already done my poutine and then I'm just using my popcorn as like, you know, your finger. Yeah. Food. Yeah. Cause for me, yeah, it's the same thing. I want to be done. Otherwise. Yeah. Same as Jeff. It's popcorn. It's some pop. It's simple. I'm usually eating before I go to a theater anyway. It's rare that if I go to a theater, I'm, I'm relying on theater food to sustain me. Uh, cause we usually, if you go out, you usually make a dinner in a movie kind of deal. So you're going to like, you know, for us, it's easy It's Moxie's down the hill. You go to a Moxie's or whatever, and then you pop up, like you could throw a rock from Moxie's to the fucking theater and then you just go to the theater. But, and then when you're there, popcorn, you know, you're, you're, you know, for you, it's sour patch. For me, it's, um, uh, it's, uh, either, uh, uh, peanut butter or peanut, uh, M&M's. Uh, something like chocolate to go with the popcorn because I like my chocolate and salty and sweet combo with a little bit of pop. I'm good to go. And usually Em and I share, like, because the pop is the size of a small born, you know, newborn oh, yeah. child. Oh, yeah. So you just get one, yep. one popcorn, one shared thing, and away you go. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything. Like, because I've tried the pretzels, which are kind of okay. I've done a hot dog. They're, they taste like sadness. 
You know, I, the, most of the movie theater food that you want to get is basically reduced to candy concessions and popcorn because everything else is rarely particularly good. You know, like Jeff gets his poutine because they have like a New York fries or whatever in there. And yep. so that tends to be pretty okay. But man, yeah, if you get if you start coloring outside the lines too far, you're paying like $90 for some of the worst sawdust food you've ever had in your life. Um... Xenon Slayer asks, if you could ban one brand of car, one brand of car off the road, what would it be? That's an odd, that's an odd brand of car. I don't know if there's a brand of car. Say it again. What, what kind of, what brand of car would you have banned off the road if you could ban a, a brand of car? I don't think there's, there's no brands. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, fuck BMW. Like, uh, it doesn't make any sense. There's no issues with that. For me, the only issues I have uh, right now are are trucks, but not just like regular standard trucks. They're jacked up trucks. So we spent years to get legislation to have bumpers and everything be at a certain height and a certain size or whatever so that when cars collide, we are reducing the risk of people dying in car accidents. And now we have trucks that are already maxing that fucking ratio as much as you could get. Because trucks are like going back. They went down in size for a time, but now they're going, you know, back up in size as all vehicles are getting bigger. Uh, and they're already pushing it. Yeah. But then you get people that buy a truck and then put like lift kits and, you know, big off-road fucking uh, suspensions on them and shit and bigger tires. And their bumper is at your windshield. And the bumpers at a windshield in my RAV4. We're not talking about sitting in, like, a fucking Toyota Corolla. Like, my RAV, which is already off the ground way more than, like, my parents, you know, Camry. And then you're sitting behind this truck of traffic, and you're like, man, if we were in an accident, I'm just getting decapitated. My ass is done. And for what reason? So that, you know, Jimmy John, Jim Bob can fucking drive to work in a lift kit fucking F-350... Uh, which is just, uh, obscene. I understand that it can be used as a recreational vehicle if you're doing off-roading, of which, by the way, I doubt more than, like, a fucking handful of people that do it actually off-road that shit. They all always look way too clean for fucking off-roading and that shit. But that's, like, my, my only real gripe. That and maybe, um... That and maybe people that that uh, that mod mufflers on like a fucking you know like we did when we were kids like Honda Civics and shit because they go through like a neighborhood they're only driving fifteen kilometers an hour like they're not the car is barely I could walk alongside the car but the car sounds like a nuclear missile going off every time they fucking put their their foot anywhere near the gas and that's just like an annoyance thing in residential areas but otherwise yeah the whole like lift kit shit. That should be reduced to like, look, if you can afford to do like an $80,000 fucking truck, you can afford another truck to put that truck on a bed and drive it to the fucking like off-road zone and take it off-road like somebody would with a track car that's not street legal. Like, because there's, there are track cars you can't drive on the road for the same reasons. There are different legal reasons for it. And these are just literally decapitation machines. Uh, so that's my only gripe. No brand. I'm not like, you know, yeah, I'm not fuck Audi. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't really have any preference. There's not. There's no brand or thing that I see on the road, and I'm like, get this off the road. I don't. (laughs) Whatever for me. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like who would say that. Like who's sitting in traffic going, man, fuck Honda. Like like, nobody's. Yeah, these these damn PT cruisers, man. I just wish they weren't (laughs) on the road. 
You know, so real talk though, PT cruisers probably shouldn't be on. They're, they're an eyesore. They yeah, shouldn't be. They're not good. Shouldn't be on the road. <laughs> shouldn't be on the road. Um. Mm. Oh, nice. Um. <laughs> okay. So this comes in from Luke. It's his first ever question, Mr. Black. He said, hey, guys, I've been watching Lag TV since I was in middle school. He's 22 now. And I've been watching just about every video. I recently got a big boy job at a pharmaceutical company. Let's fucking go. And can now support you with my first ever Patreon sign up. Bless you. Hey, let's go. My question is, have either of you ever had, and this is related to his job, obviously. Have either of you ever had an interesting experience, either good or bad, while taking prescription or over-the-counter drugs? No. I haven't had, I haven't had any, like, the, the, like, the strongest drugs I've ever been on were the pain meds they gave me after I had my, my, my wisdom teeth pulled, and, um, all, I, I was just incredibly fucking spaced out. And that was the closest I ever, that's the only thing that's ever, ever, I've ever had. Because I've never had to, thankfully, I've been healthy enough, I've not required a lot of, like, o- over-the-counter or prescription drugs, and so... That one was like, a, you know, you leave the hospital, and a lot of it was like, you're leaving the hospital and you're still coming down off the fact that they put you under. Because yeah. I was put under for mine. And you're, you're in a different universe when you wake up. You're in a hallway. Like, it was kind of shitty, because for, for, for where I got mine, it was in Dartmouth, the, the Dartmouth General, where my teeth got pulled. Mm. And when you're done, the way the hospital is laid out there, there's like a main entrance... And, like, this big, wide hallway where they have, like, um, beds and, and chairs and stuff lined up for people who are doing day surgery because they're just, I don't know if they're saving space or whatever the fuck it is. And so when you're done, you wake up and you're in this hallway. You're not in a room. There's no curtain in front of you. So you know that for at least the last 15 to 20 minutes, you've been slumped over in this wheelchair on public display, drooling your ass off as people are walking by and you're just like, and so you wake up and you see you're, you're, you're taking in the world around you. And only after you get home do you realize you were like a garden gnome for like 15, 20 minutes in this fucking open hallway. Um, but uh, but that was an interesting that was an interesting experience was just like the pain meds because it was the strongest I was ever on. And it just spaced me right out. But it was great because I got home. This was actually my bedroom at the time, like when my teeth got pulled. My bed was in that back corner. And I had a TV up here where, where I'm talking into, into, this, into this microphone. And I just watched The Price is Right. And it was the most entertaining prices, right? Because I was so fucking out my tree that it was just way more. Bob was still, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't Drew Carey yet. It was still Bob. Uh, and he healed me as he did everyone. Whenever, if you're sick or if you're getting out the hospital, you watch the prices, right? There's medicinal quantities, uh, qualities to it. And, and I think that they did more for me than my pain meds did. But that was the closest I ever had because I never had any other like hardcore prescription yeah. medications. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't gotten like high off any meds. I I hate taking prescription pills. So not my story directly, but I do remember this when we were growing up. I think you were on the street at the time, but I can't remember. Um, somebody I won't use names, but there was a guy that was older by about two or three years from everyone else that lived off the street and up a little bit ways from us. Um. Ended up being a little upset with one of the kids on this street, and, and and they were a little bit rough and tumble versus, you know, whatever, they and they came down to settle a score. And when they came down to settle the score, so this guy would have been about 16 at the time, and, and the other person would have been about 13, 
and uh, the the person that came down was 16 before they showed up for this fight. I don't know if they heard it was a life hack or whatever the fuck, but they took like a shitload of Tylenol 3 right before coming up so that they didn't feel shit. They were numb as fuck and they barely speak. Oh, like they were so fucked out of their tree and they came down and the problem was is that they couldn't fight, but you also couldn't get them to stay the fuck down. So they lost the fight, but they were so fucked and they couldn't feel anything that every time they like took a shot in the face and they hit the ground and they were fucked and take them like if they get up, they didn't feel anything. They were bleeding out of every fucking orifice. They were all fucked up and it was like rocky. Like, Ugh. And they thought they were fine because they couldn't feel anything. And eventually it, it ended and they dragged themselves out. Uh, but that was the closest thing. With some, I don't even know how many they took. But they, they weren't a very big person to begin with. I, took, they, I think they took like three or four Tylenol 3s and they were just gassed out of it when they came down. Uh, and it was kind of embarrassing to watch, I'm not going to lie. Because they lost to somebody that was prepubescent. Uh, got beat up by somebody who's prepubescent, and then and then went home fucked up because Tough time. Bad time. they didn't feel it. The good news is they didn't feel anything. The bad there news you know. is ten other kids watched them get their shit kicked in the middle of the fucking street. <laughs> it was tough out there. It was tough out there. Um. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, Chico said, no question, he just said, long time no see, guys, I'm slowly finishing, uh, setting up my stream, and just wanted to let you know that I use that promo code. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Godspeed out there, by the way. Uh. Oh, Volkus, I'll just answer this quickly. Um, yes, but it wasn't done. Alright, now, I've gotten to the point of the show where Mr. Miyagi has put, like, 910 questions, so I'm gonna briefly read these in my head. I'm going to select one or two at most, Mr. Miyagi, and we will do with these. Mr. Miyagi got a small novel worth of questions here in this in this in this section. Uh, oh, it's good. I got I, this. Is what I can do, Mr. Miyagi? Mary, fuck, kill. All right. All dressed chips, ketchup chips, salt and vinegar. This is evil because these are my top three chips. Oh man, is my top three too? <laughs> All right, so I am marrying salt and vinegar. Straight okay. Up. Okay. Um. What What's the other two options? Uh, All dressed and ketchup. And and what are, what are, what are the other uh, things? Killing. Mary. And... Fuck. Kill. All right. I'm. I'm fucking all dressed and I'm killing ketchup. I listen. I can live without ketchup chips. I can't live without all dressed, and I definitely can't live without salt and vinegar. I just can't. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I can make a case for any one of these in any order, bro. But you know what? It's similar, similar, but not quite. I got a little. I got swapsies on mine. Man, you're killing all dressed. I'm marrying vinegar. Yes, of course. Because you know, you got him. In fact, I got two bags of this shit. You got, you got Vicks over there. Miss Yes. Right now. It yes. ain't ketchup. It no. ain't all dressed. It's Miss no. Vicky's salt and vinegar. That tell yeah. you all you need to know. That's the goat. That's, That's back the goat. there. Yeah. I'm fucking ketchup and I'm killing all dressed. Oh man, dude. Listen, man. I fucks with a ruffles uh all Ruffles dressed. all dressed is the only all dressed I'll eat. Bro. There is no such other there's no thing. No. There's no, any ruffles, other. Ruffles all dressed beats any fucking ketchup. Any day of the week, it beats Lay's ketchup. Oh, but Lay's ketchup, bro. bro. It's delicious, man, but Ruffles all dressed. 
I mean, goddamn, the crunch, it just hits different, man. It, it does. Just I know it different. does. It just hits different. Like, But listen, here's, here's my thing. thing. You can okay. over you can overeat all dressed. You can you can eat and eat and eat all dressed. You only can eat so much ketchup. That's you know a lie, because I've eaten a lot of ketchup chips. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know if I could eat a full big bag here's, of ketchup. Okay, so here's here's my deal on both of these chips. All right. Okay. All right. Here's my thing. I get the majority of what Here's the problem. The, the the dominant flavor profile across all three of these is vinegar, which is why Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar is the top because it's yeah. the most vinegar. Yeah. Right? That shit's addictive and dangerous. Those then ketchup is the next vinegar. Then there's all dressed. And so for me, because it's all vinegar, now the thing about it is that ketchup lives and dies by how much seasoning is on that chip. You can have an under-seasoned uh, Ruffles, all dressed, but it's still a Ruffles chip, yeah. which is superior to Lay's in every way, yeah. shape, and form. I agree. And you can still make it work. But with Lay's, if you get a bag and you open it, you know immediately, because you look inside, you know. Dude, the smell you of a ketchup, fresh ketchup Lay's bag when you open that bitch uh, up, man. Uh, oh. You're, you're surveilling the situation. Oh, you open it up, you look inside, you go, did I get lucky today? For man. two things. One, Lay's is either going to be powder or full chips. You don't know which it's going to be until you open the bag. Yeah. And two is how much seasoning these cheap fucks uh, put on these chips. And if tough. you take out that first chip, and it is blood red. It's over. It's game over, man. That whole bag is going away in and one sitting. It's game over. I agree with everything you just said, man. I it's hard to it's hard to deny it. It's hard to deny it. I just <laughs> I just I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's a tough thing to do. You'd have to have both bags here. You put you put in a nice seasoned Lay's ketchup bag. You open that, dump that into a bucket, and then you have ruffles all dressed on another bucket, man. It's tough. It's a tough. You're eating. But, ultimately, you're eating oh, both. You're eating, oh, you're eating both for sure. But I mean, yeah, and you have to murder one and never eat it again. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, man. That is that is. Here's uh, the other tough. upside to the all dress chip is that because not only because it's ruffle, which is already superior for dipping over everything. Now, if you if you guys in the States, I, I think you guys, I think there's ruffles there. I think it's both sides of the border. But that chip is the superior chip for dipping anything. It is. It is Tur- like tortilla chips. Fuck that shit. No, no. ruffle. Yep. You plain, may you making plain ruffles, plain ruffles with some fucking dip. Oh, that's the show. It's the show. It's somebody, the if show. somebody buys, I've been to parties, Mr. Mr. Black. I've been to parties where somebody at the house thought it was a good idea to buy chip dip and then put out plain lays to dip it in. Oh, you can't get the chip, chip out of the dip. They break. They, they break. break. You can't even take the lays chip and put it in there and scoop. The shit snaps. Ruffles have you got to stack to like four it. fucking chips yes. together. Yes, you do. You literally have to have you have to stack them and then and then eat it like a fucking like you're you're a mouth breather that can't get enough chips in your mouth at once. Yes, ruffles. You one chip. You you can even get half of a ruffles chip. It doesn't matter do how job. much of the chip. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's gonna do the job, man. It's gonna do the job. So I agree. Ruffles all day. Beat lays all day. But a Lay's ketchup, fresh oh. out the bag, man. Fuck. Fuck. Those are the goats, man. He picked the three the three chips. Nobody fucks with my salt and vinegar. There no. isn't a chip out there. It doesn't exist. I've had all chips. I've had them all. Lay's salt and vinegar, Ruffles salt and vinegar, Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar, they're all goaded. They're all delicious. All of them. The kettle chips, salt and vinegar. I mean, them shits are dangerous. 
Them are dangerous. There it is. He's going to grab some. Them shits are dangerous, man. I'm eating some right now. I don't blame you. I'm I going don't... to reach my hand into this bag of Miss Vicky's salt vinegar. Not a hashtag ad, by the way. Bro, you're to hear the crap. Yeah, that's on another oh! level. Yeah, you don't even get that from Lay's. Lay's, you don't get that. You don't. There is no. You don't get that. You it's know. a fart in the wind. Oh man. Yep. Dude, I got salt and vinegar upstairs too, man. Once I'm done this, I'm gonna grab a handful, and I'm gonna put them in me body. That's what's oh. gonna go down. So anyway, there it is. It's a tough. That was a tough question. But that's a that's a fucking tough question. We're gonna follow it up because he's got Mary fuck kill for all of these. So I'm gonna pick the best ones here. All right. This is another good one, Mr. Black. All right. Mary fuck kill. Boston pizza, King of Donaire, Swiss chalet. I'm marrying Swiss chalet. I'm fucking King of Donaire. And what was the <laughs> third one? Boston pizza. Oh, that shit can die in a fire. <laughs> that shit can die in a fucking. We're in polar opposites. I'm marrying Boston Pizza. Uh, I am fucking King of Donaire. No, I'm I'm fucking Swiss LA, and I'm killing King of Donaire. Damn, no love for the Donaire. Listen, damn. it's not that I have no love for the Donaire. It's just that here's the problem: King of Donaire ain't the King of Donaire for a long time. There are other places doing Donaire far superior to KOD. KOD yeah. is where you go when you are literally shit faced out of getting out of the dome. And it's three in the morning, and it's Pizza Corner, and it's the only place open in the entire city. And you go to King of Donaire, and you go, and they say, all right, and they give you a Bubba Donaire, and it's the size of your torso, yeah. and you eat it, and you regret it in the next morning, but your alcohol is absorbed, and you have no hangover. Listen, King of Donaire, uh, the one on the one on Spring Guard, or uh, Quimple, that's still an amazing spot. Um, they, get, they got really good food there. Um... Man, you know what, bro? You're you're, you're making me swap. <laughs> I'm I'm killing King of Donaire now. You made a See? good argument. I'm, I'm telling you, King of Donaire, because I can get my Donaire somewhere else, and it's better. Sometimes it is. Sometimes. <laughs> but now, now, I gotta fuck Boston Pizza because I do fucks with Boston Pizza's brownie. Uh, they have a brownie with ice, vanilla ice cream that I get there every time. You know, Boston Pizza, their food is kind of lackluster. I'm not going to lie. But it's uh, consistent. It is consistent. What I like about Boston Pizza is I like the atmosphere. It's a so good I'm place still eating to go. these chips. You keep talking. It's a good place to go on the bar side, watch a game, uh, watch the fights, get a beer, you know, grab a nachos or whatever. Um... They have, like, spicy Thai chicken bites that I like. Uh, and then get that brownie at the end. I fucks with that. It's a good night out. It's a good night out. So, yeah, I'll switch it up. You, you... Boston Pizza is the, I kind of want Moxie's but, I, Moxie's, but I don't want to spend the money today. Yeah, see, I just go to Moxie's now. You know, I was at Moxie's there, what, uh, two nights ago? And I was there a couple oh, weeks I'm choosing ago. It like, I'm choosing it, like, every time. But if I'm, like... That's my jam now. If I'm really feeling frugal and I'm like, I really just don't feel like spending money today, I'm going to Boston Pizza because they've yeah. got the spicy, they've got the spicy Southwest chicken sandwich with good. sweet potato fries, good. and, good. and they got desserts and beer. Good, it's good, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on last, that. Last, last question, and then we're getting out of here so you can eat some Miss Vicky salt and, salt and vinegar chips. Which Michael was the greatest at their individual craft? Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. Uh, Michael Jackson. 
Fuck me. That's Michael, a hard question. Because here's the thing. I think this is between here's, Jackson and Jordan. I don't think Tyson. Yeah, no. Mike Tyson, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a hundred. This is gonna this is gonna upset a lot of people. Mike Tyson ain't even top three boxers of all time. Ah! It's just not. Oh! I'm sorry. It's just not. Ah! All right. It's gonna it's gonna upset a lot of people, but he's just not. Um so de- deal with it. Um Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan, they are the respected goats in their the individual. Field. Yeah. Like that's just it. You know, Mike Tyson isn't isn't the goat. I'm sorry. Um he j- he just isn't. I mean, I respect the fuck out of him and he's a, in you know, he's had one hell of a career and he's definitely an icon. Um but he ain't in the same he ain't in the same realm as Mike Tyson or uh, as Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. I have to go with because I'm biased. I have to go with Michael Jackson. If somebody made the argument Michael Jordan, I'm not going to argue with it. But the reason why I picked Michael Jackson is this. He is and always will be the greatest entertainer of all time. I don't and it's it it's objective. I don't know a person, a soul that cannot recognize Michael Jackson as the absolute greatest musician to ever an entertainer, an all-around guy. I'm not talking about a dude that's just playing the guitar or the drums and is great. I'm talking about a straight-up entertainer through and through. From, like, age five to his demise uh, in the end, the guy was the goat, straight up. Just it is what it is. You leave, you leave aside personal shit that he's never been convicted of, and shit's been dropped a million times, and even after his death, it's still been proven that he's not a fucking molester. Whatever anybody else wants to fucking say, I don't really care. Uh, the guy is never convicted of anything. He's not fucking R. Kelly, all right? This is Michael Jackson. His, his whole family is talented as shit. This guy was the absolute goat, period. Michael Jordan, there is an argument that LeBron James is overgoated than Michael Jordan. You can't have that argument with any other entertainer in the music business. There is you do not compare anybody to Michael Jackson. Nobody. You ask any artist in any field ever, nobody's compared to Michael Jackson. What they do is when an artist is great and they have they have Michael Jackson qualities. Oh, this guy's one hell of a dancer. Oh, this guy is you know, a hell of a songwriter. Michael Jackson was all of those things, and he was the goat at it. So that's where I'm going, man. I gotta go. I gotta go, Michael Jackson. I know it's tough. Michael Mike Tyson isn't even that. He's not even in the same stratosphere of these two. I'm sorry, he just isn't. No, I agree. It's really down to those two. Um, man, Elvis, Elvis. Okay, man. Elvis brief side, brief, brief, yeah. Elvis stole a lot of shit Come from on, black music. Well, yeah. okay. Th- let me clarify this. This is my stance on, on Elvis. Elvis is obviously an incredibly, or was an incredibly talented individual. Regardless of how much he co-opted from the black community at the time, 
Elvis was obviously, because anyone could have co-opted it, and, and anyone had the opportunity to be Elvis, and they weren't. Elvis had everything. He had the X Factor. He was talented yep. enough. Yep. He made it happen, right? Um, but, you know, wherever you stand on Elvis's thing, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not Michael Jackson. I mean, I think, man, um, for me, for me, because I think uh, the reason why I'm going to say Michael Jackson is because the distance similar to what Jeff was saying, the distance between what I would feel like would be somebody approaching Michael Jackson as an overall entertainer, if that's where a musical entertainer, most specifically, if we're going to, if we're going to say that, um, between Michael Jackson and the next closest person, or if you wanted to get even finer than that pop music, cause that was Michael's pocket was pop music. So the gap between Michael Jackson and the next closest, closest individual, man or woman, is a chasm in comparison to um, to the argument of Michael Jordan versus those that are approaching him, like the most famous of all being currently, of course, LeBron James. So the um, that's probably why. I mean, Michael Jackson was like a, a, a multi-generational talent, <clears throat> and he was that for a number of reasons. A lot of it was was tragically based. And, uh, he rose above it anyway, uh, to a degree, obviously that any individual could possibly hope to, and, uh, and produced, uh, songs that will be played, uh, indefinitely forever. Uh, for forever, uh, and ever and ever. And, and, and that's just, you know, there, and like Jeff said, it was very accurate as well. People will, they say they have Michael Jackson qualities and, um, uh, and that's good, and that means they're obviously fantastic. But the overall package that Michael Jackson provided was yeah. uh, was spectacular. And anyone that worked with him, even even you know whether it was uh, you know during his the height or on the tail end or in the beginning, everyone says the same thing about Michael was that he was meticulous. He was uh, incredibly. Uh, he was an, a perfectionist. He demanded the best from those around them, but he also gave everyone else. 110% every single time and he did it better than everyone else regardless of what it was. I mean there's things that like people some people don't even know about the the music and whatnot that he's produced where he's the one playing some of the shit on the tracks in the background. One of the one of my favorite things is uh, I think it was um I can't remember if it was Billy Jean or not but there's uh, a piano part that's um uh played and uh, somebody mentioned that it felt weird because it wasn't perfectly, it wasn't uh, perfect timing. Uh, the drums were always perfectly timed, but like this, this piano part wasn't perfectly timed. And you find out it's because Michael Jackson played it. He did one take. He went over to the piano in the studio. He played this bitch out and it varied a little bit in, in timing and they kept it and they slapped that bitch in there. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that separates you know, artists that you get today versus, versus, you know, uh, somebody like, uh, Michael Jackson. And then there, his production, he was, he also had an eye for production when his stage shows and you watch all the shit that he did live and, you know, he had choreographers and stuff, but he, he's, 
He's reining everyone in and his vision of what that is and how he described it to people. And the production was ultimately perfect every time. If you watch that, you know, this is it, you know, the the semi-documentary or whatever, and you're watching a man that is physically weathering away um, uh, and a shadow of of his former self and still doing everything that he did with the energy that he did and with the intelligence behind the production side and his ability to more or less sound like he was uh, coming out of the fucking studio on stage in rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's doing that shit. I would say the closest person we've got is Bruno Mars. Is the closest overall package. But the problem is with Bruno is like, yeah, he's super talented and he's 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 got those Michael Jackson qualities. He is just not a world worldwide icon. Like he isn't. No. He isn't. He isn't. You know, transformative with his music. You know, when he comes up with a song, it's more of this. You know, poppy you know, regurgitated shit that we've been hearing for a while. I mean, Michael Jackson for decades was creating like iconic music that was like, there's a lot of cross genre stuff and whatnot. It was very different. Crazy. And like, you know, Bruno Mars is well-respected, but he isn't in the Michael Jack. I mean, it's not even, um, it's not even close, but yeah, I mean, I have to give it to Michael simply because or Michael Jackson, simply because there's no one you can compare him to. The closest thing that you had to a Michael Jackson in terms of uh, like icon and world changing stuff was the Beatles. It's literally the closest thing. Yeah, it's like a group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I think Michael Jackson owns all their fucking you know all their all their music uh, and and everything. So like a sidebar to you know, this, do you think? Do you think because especially since the era that the Beatles happened in, and then and then uh, when Michael really blew up in that you know seventies and early eighties, um, do you think? that it is harder to become that in today because of how music works and and distribution and everything works uh do you think it's harder to become that level uh versus what it was like that was obviously still difficult but you know the playing field globally is so different now and what people are exposed to and how they're exposed to the music do you think it's more challenging to reach you know, oh my God, I'm fainting in the fucking audience. It's the Beatles or, oh yeah. my God, it's I mean, like, I, uh, yeah, I mean, people are still fainting and stuff. I'm sure like at, at plenty of concerts, you know, even, <laughs> but you, know, non- you know what I mean? Like people like swarming and showing up. Well, and I think, like- I think what it was is like back then in the eighties, nineties, and even in the early two thousands, like there wasn't the internet, you know, like, um, uh, you didn't, yeah. You, and the further back you go, obviously the less, the yeah. less global so, it was, yeah. So you know, celebrities really felt like celebrities, right? Like yeah. when you saw them, it was like, oh my God, I only see these people on the television. Yeah. Um, and so there was like a level of like mystique and, and, uh, there's just an aura around the celebrity back then. You know, now celebrities are on Instagram all the time talking to their fans. They're it's much more you feel much more like it's not a, you you have access to them whenever you want. So it's not as big of a deal. Um, you know, and there's so many you know, fucking, you know, people consider somebody like us a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just yeah, not yeah. the same, you know, it's just not the same thing anymore. And I in the in the fact that they they did what they did along with many other groups and bands back in the day and movie stars. I mean, even the movie stars now are different. Um, it's not necessarily movie stars that put seats in uh, people in seats these days. Right. Um, because it's just not the same uh, as what it was before. There are exceptions, but uh, I'm not sure. Here's the thing. 
I am not sure you will ever see an artist quite like Michael Jackson at the level that Michael Jackson changed the world and had an impact. I believe you will see another Michael Jordan, right? I believe you will see another Tiger Woods. I believe you will see another, you know, I, I don't know, Anderson Silver or Conor McGregor or, you know, John Jones or something, right? Um, Michael Jackson, you know, y- y- here's the thing. I don't think you'll ever see another Mike Tyson because he was, he was different, but Mike Tyson wasn't the best. And uh, he was the best in the world for a, a period of time, but he got exposed and, you know, then it, it went downhill for him. Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan, they, they both were at the top of their game until the end, right? Um, they didn't have this like, you know, yeah, tragically, Michael Jackson went through, had his name drugged through the mud and stuff, but you still couldn't deny his talent. Same with Tiger Woods, right? Same sort of deal. You know, these type of, uh, of, of athletes or celebrities, I just feel like they have too much impact and they're just the top, top, top. And I just feel like Michael Jordan, if you have somebody like LeBron James or, uh, I don't know, Steph Curry or, you know, I, I couldn't really compare them because they're different. But, you know, you look at somebody like Magic Johnson or uh, LeBron James or any of these goats, Kobe Bryant, you know, you, you uh, there is an argument to be made that, like, maybe Michael Jordan, you know, isn't the best of all time. Uh, definitely during an era, 100%. And I, I listen to you and, and Mr. Miyagi go at it for about, <laughs> I listened for about 20 minutes and I, and I, and I, and I, and I kind of, uh, the video that I posted is better than listening to me and Mr. Miyagi go back and forth. Yeah. I love me, Mr. Miyagi. I love Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi's my boy, but he I, is a personally, hero. I personally think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever do it. Um, on a number of levels, statistically speaking, who knows, right? I'm not, I'm not going to go through who's got more of this, who's got more of that. Um, I think LeBron James has an opportunity to be the GOAT. We'll see how his career ends. But I got to be honest, something about Michael Jordan that LeBron James just doesn't have. Um, and uh, for that reason, you know, I got I to gotta put Michael Jordan on top. LeBron is definitely number two. But uh, I'm not an avid basketball watcher, so I'm a bit of a fucking, I'm a huge casual. And when I say casual, I use that word lightly. Um, you know, Mr. Miyagi's courtside watching LeBron, watching his boy play, you know, I, you know, I, so he's, he's, he's a little, he's, he's attached. He loves his LeBron, but, uh, I, I'm going to be on the side of Adam here. I just think Michael Jordan is just an iconic Go. Well, it's it's also uh, like part of it so is not it is just like is. his skill, but also like at the time there was like, uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson's rivalry saved basketball in where it was at the time from being like bankruptcy, you know, the whole sport just dies. And then Michael took it from a saved state, you know, did the hand took the handoff from Bird and and Johnson and then blew it globally. Basketball went global with yeah. Michael and he built Mikey. Like yeah. the, my, Nike is only yeah. Nike. It's crazy. It's because crazy of, of Jordan. It's and crazy. he got everyone paid. Yeah. Because nobody it's, was getting paid, and Michael was I, like, "You know what? I want yeah. fifty million dollars." And then somebody else went, "You know what? I'm not Michael, but yeah. I'd like some money now." And so yeah, it was I've, like one of those like times and everything too, right? Yeah, like Michael Jordan's definitely egotistical, center of attention, ball hogging, like you name it, all those things. But, but you have to be. 
but he's but he's the <laughs> alpha man he's the fucking alpha right like so you know all the power to him michael jordan changed the absolute game like literally um became <laughs> you know it's still look at jordan's today you know people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for certain pairs of and fucking shoes. shoes you know what i mean like the guys the guys he is there's just no denying it i mean he's he's in my opinion he's he's the goat um lebron james in my opinion is just a better athlete overall he's just a better superior athlete but i mean michael jordan has just got that it factor man he's just got that clutch gene he's got that fucking that the man averaged over 20 points in his 40s he's he's just he's just that guy it's michael jordan bro i mean it's (laughs) you want to you you know you want to be like mike you don't want to be like you know james you know (laughs) You know, uh, you know, it's it's uh, I, I, I got to go. I got to go with Michael. Jordan. I haven't I haven't seen to be fair. I haven't seen the new Space Jam to compare which one oh. did the better Space Jam. Oh, come on. Right. Don't even waste your goddamn time with that Space Jam. <laughs> I won't even watch it. I, I won't even watch it. Uh, but yeah, Michael Jackson over Michael Jordan. He's the I, goat I agree. Of Michaels, man. I agree. The goat of Michaels. I agree. That's I agree. It. And that's it. And now it's time for Jeff to go eat the goat of chips, Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar. And so Actually, we're going to it there. It's not Miss Vicky's. It's a different, it's a, it's oh! a, yeah, it's a, I think it's Lay's. I think, I think it's uh! Lay's upstairs. Yeah. Uh! Yeah. 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 I know. I know. But I'm still going to go eat All it. All right. That's a lowercase dub. It's not an uppercase right. dub. It's still a dub. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hopefully you enjoyed yourselves. Head on over to uh, patreon.com slash TV if you want to financially support this podcast and keep this bad boy going so we can keep talking about Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar chips. And maybe we'll get, we'll get sponsored by Miss Vicky's in the future. Living the dream. <laughs> uh, until next week, stay safe out there. Thank you once again. And until then, peace. Peace. peace.